You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. Get the latest headlines online anytime with the KPEL News app. Download it for free in the App Store and Google Play. KPEL FM, Brobridge, Lafayette. It's not flattering. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. What John Bolton has written in his new book about President Trump, who says it's also not legal. He broke the law. Very simple. I mean, uh, as much as it's going to be broken. Now, he tells Fox's Hannity the book from the ex-National Security Advisor has classified information, which is why the Justice Department is sued to block it from coming out Tuesday. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave Bolton, the former National Security Advisor, claims in his upcoming book that President Trump asked Chinese President Xi Jinping for help with his re-election, that he approved of concentration camps for Uyghur Muslims in China, and that he wanted reporters in the U.S. arrested and put in jail. Bolton also confirms that the president tied Ukrainian aid to investigations into his political rivals, the central complaint in the House impeachment probe. Bolton, who refused to testify to House investigators, says Democrats made a mistake by focusing too narrowly on Ukraine. Bolton was blocked from testifying at the Senate trial. Dave. Rachel, two Atlanta police officers have to turn themselves in the day after they were charged in Rayshard Brooks' death. I just want to say thank you. And I just hope that everything falls out how it needs to fall out. That's his widow, Tamika Miller. Brooks did resist arrest, taking one of the officer's tasers, pointing at him at him as he ran before he was shot in the back by Officer Garrett Rolfe, who's now charged with murder. The other officer, Officer Brosnan, actually stood on Mr. Brooks's shoulder while he was there struggling for his life. DA Paul Howard Jr. charged Brosnan with aggravated assault. As the coronavirus spikes up with record new cases from Arizona to Florida, the CDC has new guidance for when you go out. Wear a cloth mask and bring sanitizer. The third and final item might not be as obvious. Tissues. They are not only useful when you have to cough or sneeze, but give you an alternative to touching exposed surfaces with your bare That's hands. Fox. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. The same day those two Atlanta police officers were charged in Rayshard Brooks' death, lawmakers worked on competing legislation to reform policing. The House advanced a bill out of committee, and the Senate's legislation was unveiled. Republican leaders say they are serious about making a law that would make police more accountable and build trust with their communities. The legislation is already bipartisan. The question is, can we get bipartisan support? South Carolina Republican Tim Scott says the Justice Act is built on ideas offered in a House Democratic bill. But California Democrat Karen Bass says the Senate offer falls short. I am 
concerned that his bill definitely mimics parts of ours, but without the teeth. The Senate bill would incentivize police agencies to ban chokeholds. It does not address qualified immunity, shielding police officers from lawsuits for misconduct, a key provision of the House plan. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. There was bipartisanship in the Senate on something different, what's called the Great American Outdoors Act, $3 billion a year on conservation, recreation, and national park projects and maintenance. The House takes it up next. The president says that he would sign it. There's a new attempt to play ball. MLB is now proposing a 60-game season, resuming talks with baseball players, trying to end the dispute over how much they'll be paid. Golf's next tournament has just teed off about 20 minutes ago. For the second week in a row, the PGA Tour reported zero positive coronavirus tests with the RBC Heritage set to tee off this morning at Harbortown Golf Links. Today's opening round in Hilton Head, South Carolina, will mark the start of the second of five spectatorless events for the tour, with limited fans not making a comeback until next month at the Memorial. Today also marks the return of Davis Love III to come competition after the two-time U.S. Ryder Cup captain saw his Georgia home destroyed by a fire back in March. That's Fox's Matt Napolitano on Wall Street. Stock futures are down modestly ahead of today's trading. I'm Dave Anthony and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Thursday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update for you right here on News Talk 96.5 Cape Hill. We'll get up to 90 degrees today with a 30% chance of showers and storms. Your full forecast is coming up from the KTC Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. A measure that would provide the gaming industry in the state of Louisiana with $83 million in tax breaks over the next five years is awaiting debate on the Senate floor after a Senate committee's approval on the bill. The legislation allows each casino to distribute $5 million in free promotional play wagers without having to pay taxes. And the casinos can use those play wagers as a marketing tool to attract more customers. Lake Charles Senator Ronnie John said his proposal is to help an industry that's been hard hit by the COVID-19 economic shutdown. Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory announced another town hall meeting, this one on Wednesday, June 24th from 5 to 6 p.m. in the Council Auditorium. This is the second in a series of town hall meetings scheduled to happen at the end of every month. Now, if you decide to attend, you must wear a mask and you'll be subject to temperature checks before entering the building. St. Landry Parish Sheriff's Deputy Chief Eddie Thibodeau says a juvenile male has been arrested after a woman called in to complain that there were gunshots all through her home after she heard a bunch of noise. Now, Sheriff Bobby Guidro says the shooting happened Thursday of last week at a home on Fontenot Road in Opelousas. The woman told detectives she heard gunfire, walked out of her bedroom, and found there were gunshot holes all over her home. Thibodeau says they believe the motive for the young man to shoot up this house was some sort of fight with the homeowner's daughter the very day the shooting happened. Louisiana colleges and universities are refunding students approximately $24 million due to the coronavirus interruption of the academic school year. LSU tops the list, returning $4.4 million to students. Now, most of the refunds cover the charges for housing, which students had to vacate for about two months before the end of the scheduled school year. Colleges and universities received $147 million 
from a $2.2 trillion federal rescue bill. A Kaplan man is wanted by the Acadia Parish Sheriff's Office for allegedly stealing thousands of dollars worth of equipment from a business. Detectives are hoping someone will give them information on the whereabouts of 31-year-old Brandon Joseph Broussard, who they say is a suspect in a case where all that equipment was taken from an Acadia Parish business. You can call 789-TIPS if you have any more information. The Louisiana Workforce Commission releases a tool to help report employees who are refusing to come back to work while still claiming unemployment benefits. Assistant Secretary with LWC Robert Woolley says it's a simple process. You just go over to laworks.net and there will be a link on the front page. Now, typically, someone who would only be eligible for $247 in unemployment benefits each week gets an extra $600 in federal money, which makes it hard for some employers to compete. Live music will be allowed in state bars, clubs, and restaurants for the first time since mid-March when pandemic closures began. However, business owners must apply for approval with the state's fire marshal's office and the Louisiana Department of Public Health before the ban plays. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says it's to gain approval from businesses who meet certain criteria. There's separation, there's a certain standard to the HVAC system in the building, the social distancing between the band and the people, as well as the, the social distancing that's already required uh, of the patrons of a restaurant and bar. Browning says the State Fire Marshal's office will collect data from businesses applying for permission for live entertainment, but the final decision is made by the Department of Health. The last couple of days of, of cases in Louisiana, it has seen an increase in our state, and that's concerning. And I'm sure that that plays into the Department of Health's recommendations as to what may be allowed or what might not be allowed. Recent numbers indicate an uptick in daily coronavirus case numbers, which could be a factor in the Department of Health's approval process. Browning said the state fire marshal's role is to offer guidance for businesses to comply. It's not a matter of just because of, because I've always had a band in this building, I want to have a band. There's a lot of things that have to be done differently. There's a lot of mitigation measures based on best practices. And finally, Governor Edwards tells a caller on his monthly radio show that if they go to a business and find it isn't following social distancing and mask guidelines, that they shouldn't spend money there. Here's Matt Doyle. If you will do that, and if others will do that, I, I think we would have a lot more compliance, and, and then we, people would be a lot safer as we re-engage more of our economy. That's Edwards, who made the comments in light of a recent jump in COVID cases over the past week. He says these recent increases are still likely due to increased testing, but... It is obvious now that the heat and humidity is not going to stamp it out. And despite that heat, he says you still need to wear a mask if you leave the house. I'm Matt Doyle. To our east this afternoon is going to allow a little bit more humidity and moisture to the region this afternoon. So we'll keep scattered showers and storms in the forecast, mainly uh, south of Interstate 10 along our coastal parishes this afternoon. Otherwise, partly cloudy with high temperatures topping out at around 90 degrees. Overnight tonight into tomorrow morning, lows in the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees. And then I think we say a little bit drier as we head through your Friday. Rain chances only about 10% as highs top out in the lower 90s and then heading into saturday more of the same pretty quiet conditions highs once again at around 92 93 and then a little bit better rain chances as we head into father's day and then really as we start the upcoming work week rain chances really start to ramp up that's bradley benoit new meteorologist over at ktc that weather update is brought to you by southside roofing at southside roofing serving acadiana for 20 years 
Call Southside Roofing at 337-ROOF for all your roofing needs. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. And no issues to pass along to you at this time. We're all clear. Let's try to keep it that way. Please buckle it up and keep it safe. This morning about the there. new two o'clock show up close yeah. with Bobby Lee. All right, thank you, sir. Got a ton of emails yesterday. People were all excited. I, for, I'll tell you this. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Now that you're making me work so much harder, and I'm actually having to put in eighty <laughs> percent effort when I've been able to skate by with twenty percent effort all this time. Nice. I have to sleep in the afternoons. You have to take a little I have to nap. Take a little dodo. So anyway, what were you talking about yesterday? Because okay. people, I mean, well, I got emails saying. I love this. We should have more conversations like this. And I just respond back and said, you're right. Everything she does is my idea first. <laughs> I love that. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, that's why I have zero we're idea. Actually what twins. So, we're really twins, but no one knows. Tell me about up close yesterday. So Kip Judice came in, mm-hmm. talked uh, about current situations in life in terms of law enforcement, what he would do, what he wouldn't do. 99% of officers are great, wonderful people who have a heart to serve. Yeah. Uh, we It was great. Great conversation. Three o'clock, we talked about this story out of Seattle, this shop owner that's in the six block area mm-hmm. that, you know, it was Chaz. Now it's called Chop. I, by so, the way, I have totally missed, uh, uh, of all the stories we have done. Yeah. I kept thinking Chaz was a person who was like in <laughs> yeah. charge of it. You're like, it's Chaz Bono. It's Chaz's right. area. Right. But no, it's no. just, what does it mean? So, Chaz, Oh, I guess Autonomous Zone. Right. C-H-O- Capitol Hill Autonomous oh, Cap- Zone. Okay. Right. Okay. And then CHOP is uh, Capitol Hill and then something OP. I don't remember. That okay. was yesterday. Probably. Long story short. Probably a, something against police. Capitol Hill. Okay. Let's Probably see. something like that. Wait, anyway, wait. sorry. I'm sorry. No, Capitol Hill organized protest. Oh, organized protest. Okay. But the problem was... So you was, were talking about this well, shop owner. They have a, uh, one of the protesters who went into this shop and started vandalizing it, ripped all the money out of the cash register, and was trying to set the place on fire. Yeah. So the guy who owns the business is calling 911 repeatedly. They keep saying, oh, yeah, we're going to send somebody. In the meantime... The, this this crazy guy tries to cut the business owner's son with a box cutter. Yeah. Okay. Then the son is able to get the guy, you know, kind of sub- subdue him so they can wait for the police. Mm-hmm. After the 19th call, they admitted, 911 admitted, we are not sending not anyone. Sending on in. The police chief, Best... Says, we were monitoring the situation. We could see it from where we were, and we were monitoring it. Yeah. Now, the fire department had a much different reaction. They said, yes, we are investigating as to why no one from the fire department showed up. Well, and I just hope after this, it doesn't help anything right. in the moment. But I hope after this, anyone who is, has been caught on surveillance video during this time, and I know that law enforcement departments and investigators are completely stretched thin right now. Right. 
But you know what? You need to go back and you find those people and prosecute them for the property damage. Look, man, I, you know, I'm all for protests. People should speak their minds, man. It's America. That is your God-given right in my mind. Mm -hmm. That's why it's in the First Amendment. I think people should protest. I think they should rally. But the minute you get violent, you are infringing on someone else's rights. Let me try this one on you because I've been thinking about how this could work. Okay. Which is? Because if you say you want this area where the police are going to say, we're not going to be there. Uh Because to me, the only problem I see with this is is that you're in a place where private businesses are and people live. Yes. Because it, it, it shouldn't be detrimental to a business owner to have mm-hmm. located there mm-hmm. when it was mm-hmm. a perfectly nice street before. Right. Now, this is my thing. If you want to set up something like this, yeah. let's just say it happened in Lafayette, Louisiana. Okay. The, we, we have a group. They want to set up. They want to take over, mm-hmm. I don't know, Sugar Mill Pond. Okay. Okay, whatever. But people live there. Why then in that case wouldn't you say, okay, guys, we hear what you want to do, mm-hmm. but you need to move to public property. Mm-hmm. Why don't you move to Girard Park? Mm-hmm. That way we can say that's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. If things are destroyed, then now it's going to be taxpayer money that has to fix it. But at least it's public property. Right. Yeah, It's not going to ruin the livelihood of someone mm-hmm. if if a, the, the playground is disassembled. Right. And so it's like I almost I almost wish in the Seattle case... There was a medium where they say, we see what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and we see we that you want you, this area. We right, hear you. Because these people are being heard. Thank God but they're being heard. where you can go where you're not yeah. infringing on businesses to operate and people mm-hmm. to live. I mean, I'm sure they have parks. We've been to well, Seattle. I mean, we both went last year or two well, years ago. Two years ago, yeah. I mean, and it's, there are places. But you know what? They don't want that either. Because you know what? They don't want the this zone, the Chop Chaz zone, mm-hmm. to be around the Space Needle. Mm-hmm. Because, no, that's our postcard. Right. You know what I'm saying? They don't want it at that lake no one knows about by Microsoft. <laughs> no, that's our, that's the Silicon uh, Valley, you know? Um, that's yeah. all I got to say. I mean, you know, I I, I understand, but it, it really just runs counter to what you're trying to do. You're not bringing any more people to the table uh, when yes. you have a business owner who can't protect his livelihood uh, well and or his life or his life you know more it's like a friend of mine pointed out yesterday 9-11 hijackers man it was box cutters mm-hmm. you know i mean it, it but gosh, so many of those things i mean think about the things that we have now that are just so common obviously tsa is the most basic one mm-hmm. but i mean think about used to be able to walk into the cockpit they may have closed the door but it was not locked with multiple latches. I mean, none of that happened. And all that's different. You had yeah. the one guy with the shoe bomb. Mm. Now we take off our shoes. You know, I mean, there's so many things. So anyway, um, it is Thursday morning here on Acadiana's Morning News. This portion brought to you by Southside Roofing. 337 Roof, serving Acadiana for over 20 years. You can call Southside Roofing today at 337 Roof for all your roofing needs. Ahead on the show, we're going to talk to Bob Carricker. I believe I put in a request to talk about Christopher Columbus today. Ah. Let's see if he actually comes through. But Bob Carricker is usually pretty good about coming through on my request. He's, yeah. Then we're going to have uh, Mayor President Josh Guillory. Yes. Um, Look, the question, it will be the first question I ask. Which is? What are your actual thoughts about the rise in COVID-19 numbers? And where are we? What should we do? Are people prepared? You know, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of back and forth about what he thought then it wasn't a, it wasn't an approved 
release. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, let's take out all the middlemen. Mm-hmm. That's the point of Lafayette Live. He's sitting right here and he's going to answer your questions at 232-1542. That's Lafayette Live. And it's also brought to you by Southside Roofing. 622 now at News Talk 96.5 KBO. I'm Bernadette Lee, and you're listening to News Talk 96.5 KBO. So good news, Bernie. You don't even have to think what you're going to get me for Father's Day. Oh, I don't. No, you Thanks. don't. Um, because do we have a Denny's here anymore? Uh, Did we ever have a Denny's? Uh, yeah, we used to years ago. I don't know of a Denny's in Lafayette. Okay, Google it. Go to the nearest one because okay. Denny's has mm-hmm. a bouquet de bacon. Oh, I want that delicious. It is 12 strips of bacon. They're wrapped. Each one is wrapped around a, a fake stem oh, with yes. some paper. Uh huh. Like a bouquet of flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to get one if you order twenty five dollars worth of food, then you get it. It's called the bacon bouquet. The bacon bouquet. And that's what you can give me. I think that's I beautiful. A few years ago, I'm not even going to try to guess what business it was, but okay. I thought it was somewhere around here. They did like the bacon roses, which basically just roll up the bacon into a thing. You know, okay. it's, just a, yeah. it's, a, it's basically a bacon roll up. Uh huh. And they dipped it in chocolate. Oh man! So it was good. like the sweet and savory, perfect, sweet. perfect. Um, in case you find yourself in a situation where you're trying to save someone's life, yes. A new study found that digital voice assistants like Alexa or Siri, yes, they're not reliable information. Sources for life or death information. Okay. According to this new study out of the University of Alberta in Canada, just not reliable. They found out Google gave acceptable medical advice only 56% of the time. Alexa, 19% of the time. (laughs) By the way, Siri and Cortana, which like, come on, Cortana's like that friend you just don't invite her anywhere. You say she's your friend because you like to get gifts from her at Christmas. Right. Then you don't invite her anywhere else. I think Cortana, isn't that the Sony voice? That's the Sony person. Isn't that the one? Yeah, I think Anyways, so. um, they never came through. By the way, your best bet is to always call 911. Uh-huh. These folks are trained to give you actual medical information. Yes. In a pinch. Yes. All right. Yes. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. before I forget, there are five locations of Denny's in the state of Louisiana. Closest one is? Lake Charles. All right. So you can go get your bacon bouquet. Mm-hmm. You can go see that bridge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it on what side of the bridge is it on? Do you know where it is? <laughs> okay. That's I see, I'm asking you questions it's that Thursday. I need you to know all the answers. Hey, it's Thursday. I can almost see Friday. Don't ask me anything difficult. What's hey, wrong with you? Who do you think is the worst TV dad. The worst in history. TV dad in history. Because mine is not even on the... <sighs> oh, yes, he is. My, mine is on, on a new list. Uh, the top 10 worst TV dads, and mine is number three. Hmm. Who would you think? When you think about TV dads. I always think of the good TV dads. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who's on, who's on your list? Okay, number 10, Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> number nine, Michael Corleone. Michael Corleone. Number eight, Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, number yeah. seven, George Bluth Senior from Arrested Development. Uh huh. Number six, Jack Torrance from The Shining. You're uh, right. Yeah, I'd stay in my bed. You know, my dad used to love to scare us. It was really? his favorite thing, and there was this 
And our house we grew up in, there was kind of like this long hallway. And at the yeah. end of the hallway was the garage. Uh-huh. But then the hallway kind of went like along the back of the living room. <laughs> okay. So there was always a corner you had. And I mean, when I tell you, I mean, I could almost TT on myself right now thinking about how bad. <laughs> like I would stay in bed because I knew he was there. Like He's I like, knew. Right there. Um, number five, Danny DeVito in Matilda. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, he was awful. Um, number four, Frank Gallagher from Shameless. Ah, see, I've heard Shameless is very. By the way, that's William H Macy. Um, okay, this was my pick. The first thing I thought, Al Bundy from Married oh, with yes. Children, the worst. Yes. Um, number two, Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood, played by oh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yes, he was also a monster. And number one, the worst on-screen dad, Homer Simpson. <laughs> Got the most votes. So you know, be better than all uh, them. Yeah, and you're doing pretty good. It's true. Coming up on the show, Bob Carricker is going to bring us I don't know. some insight, ask him. some information. We've heard he's a good dad. So. He is. You know, I've yeah. seen that in action. Mm-hmm. But we'll ask him who he thinks is terrible on TV or okay. in movies. All right. All right. I like 6.30 it. now. It's the bottom of the hour. Your headlines are after a quick break. Stay with us. This is the place where all opinions are welcome. Every color gets through. And people on all sides of the issue can hash it out. And if you don't think you have a voice... You're wrong. It can be heard now by calling 232-1542. That's 232-1542. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from CapeHill965.com. And now some national headlines this Thursday morning, 2 minutes and 12 seconds. That's how long Richard Brooks was bleeding before two Atlanta officers called for medical help. The district attorney also revealed in his final moments, including the officer charged in his killing, Garrett Rolfe, kicking the father of four after shooting him twice in the back. He was fired right after it happened and charged with murder yesterday. A second officer was seen standing on Brooks's shoulder as he fought for his life. He's now charged with assault. Both have until tonight to turn themselves in. And prosecutors in that case want the officer to be held behind bars without bond. That's what they're recommending for Rolf after he was charged with killing Richard Brooks last Friday night. The recommendation for the second officer, a $50,000 bond. This case will mark the 40th time officers have been prosecuted for misconduct in Georgia's Fulton County. An effort to make national parks safer is one step closer to reality. The Senate passed a $900 million conservation bill yesterday. Some of the money would go to clearing the backlog of repairs and improvements needed. A Colorado senator who sponsored the bill says it's, quote, a lifeline to mountain towns and recreational communities hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. The bill now goes to the House and will be voted on next month. The mayor of Tulsa, Oklahoma, says President Trump's rally on Saturday would worry any rational person. He called it an honor to host Trump, but admits he's not positive it won't lead to more COVID-19 cases and having it surge even more. G.T. Bynum confirms he'll greet Trump when he arrives, but won't take part in the rally. Instead, he'll spend the day with police officers. A monument in South Carolina will be removed nearly 124 years after it was put up. Charleston's mayor told that to a cheering crowd yesterday. The celebration also led to some being arrested for vandalism and having that area closed off. The mayor says former Vice President John C. Calhoun has a deeply troubling legacy of defending slavery and white supremacy. He says moving the statue is a long overdue reckoning. In some surprising comments, President Trump says he would absolutely support Colin Kaepernick getting another shot in the NFL. 
In an interview with Sinclair, the president said if the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback deserves a spot on the roster, he should get signed. Trump added his play, quote, wasn't up to snuff prior to his exit from the league. Kaepernick has not played in the NFL since 2016 after he began kneeling during the national anthem to protest police brutality and racial injustice. Trump has criticized the 32-year-old for the gesture, saying it disrespects the flag and the country. Congressman Adam Schiff is slamming John Bolton over writing a book instead of testifying before Congress. On Twitter, Schiff said President Trump's former national security advisor may be an author, but he's no patriot. The California Democrat added Bolton refused to testify in the Ukraine inquiry and instead saved it for a book. Excerpts from that book that's due to be released next week was published by the Washington Post. Bolton apparently wrote that House Democrats committed impeachment malpractice during that investigation. In business news, Alaska's congressional delegation asking federal regulators to investigate after several banks discriminated and refused to fund oil and gas projects in the Arctic. In a letter sent to the head of the Federal Reserve and others, all three Republicans say banks might be discriminating against Alaska natives who depend on oil and gas jobs. Since November, five major U.S. banks and several international banks have introduced policy changes prohibiting investments in the Arctic. Target will keep paying its workers $15 an hour. The retail giant started that payback in March because of the pandemic and now plans to keep it going forward. The minimum wage officially increases by $2 on July 5th. Target will also give the employees a recognition bonus of $200 at the end of next month. And finally, Twitter's introducing voice tweets. Now users can record up to 140 seconds of audio and post it to their Twitter feed. Twitter employees announced the new feature Wednesday. They say it will create more human experiences for listeners and storytellers alike. Voice tweeting currently limited to a certain iOS users, but will roll out to everyone in the coming weeks. 69 degrees right now at the Cape Hell Studios. Our weather report is brought to you by Albertsons. Albertsons wants to thank their superhero employees for all of their hard work, long hours, and being a familiar face in such an unfamiliar time. At Albertsons, you're all in this together. Pattern across Acadiana this afternoon. Highs topping out at around 90 degrees with a few scattered showers and storms mainly along our coastal parishes this afternoon, but otherwise partly cloudy. Lows tonight dropping into the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees under mainly clear skies. And then looking at a little bit of a drier Friday, rain chances only about 10% as highs once again top out in the lower 90s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. <laughs> you guys don't want to know what's going on in the studio right now, but the roads in Acadiana are clear. Interstates rolling just as they should on a Thursday morning. Please help us keep it that way. If there's anything else we need to know about, you can give us a call at 232-1542. This cat. Anyway, Bob Carey. What section of the store do you buy a button-up shirt that only has one button? It's inappropriate. <laughs> it is inappropriate. Thank you for noticing. Well, you know, uh, Summer Bob is in full effect, and he's in studio here with us today. Great to see you. Good to see you. You know, you get. I haven't shaved for a while. Yeah. Oh, is that a while? Two days. I wouldn't tell people that. <laughs> Two days. <laughs> um, so every week, you have done the show faithfully. 
You have yes. faithfully performed for our audience. Yes. That's right. And I, I am have, a faithful performer. You have done it <laughs> in our parking lot. Well, I haven't seat. done it in your parking lot, but Bob, stay on track. Okay. <laughs> you have done the segment with us yes. from our parking lot every time. Every yeah. Week. You right. have not, not left your house to come do the segment. Right. It's commendable. It you know it makes it better. I mean, it, it makes it better for me. It adds to the routine. It's a real yeah. thing. So yeah, it actually it are just you, adds to it. Are uh-huh. you like chomping at the bit because you're so routine based? No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> you might think I'm right. Tr- it would seem like I would honest, be. I'm trying to explain all these. You're words. trying to help. Trying to- <laughs> I appreciate you're trying to help me. But here. I have nothing for you. You know. <laughs> I actually believe, Bernie, he put that shirt on right. Right. And then when he got here, he unbuttoned Unbuttoned it. Anyways, so last week I put it in a request. You did. And that is, you know, anytime we have kind of a bubbling up of racial issues in this country. Right. It very quickly ends up turning to Columbus. Right. Um, We have had a curious thing. Well, I think a lot of people don't know because if you're a schoolhouse rock kid like me, you know, you know that, is it Columbus sailed the ocean blue? Is that Columbus? Yeah. That's right. Columbus sailed the ocean yeah. blue in 1492. 1492. Right. That's just what you know. Right. He's happy and he's a cartoon and he found the new land. Right. Discovery and new opportunity. Yes. So then you put everything through the lens of 2020 as we do. And I think it is a, appalling because we know so much more in 2020 clearly than we knew in 1492, right? Or but we put 1972, or 19, <laughs> or I was about to say 2019, I right? Mean, or January of 2020. You know, things are different, um, and people are going after Columbus again. So I was just yeah. hoping you could use your historical background to explain to me why he bubbles up and what the issue people have with him and why they're tearing his statues. I will do that. Um, You you know, a couple of things. First of all, I don't normally take requests from you. Um, That's a dangerous thing for me to get into, taking historical requests. But I actually had three people over the last week say to me on, you know, just people that I ran into, oh, I heard that you're going to be doing... This on really? r- on Thursday, right? And I thought, oh my gosh! So see, people are actually listening and actually yeah. expecting things yeah. now, and see, so I've got to live up to it. Did you hear what he just said? He said, "I didn't think anybody listened to this stupid show." <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't tell me that. Day. I wouldn't. Well, I would be more concerned. Uh, you know, don't worry about the request because a qu- request is just something I don't know enough about. Be concerned when I say no, Bob. No. We're not talking <laughs> about stop? that history. Well, I know when I got Those home. People aren't important. I got home last week, and my wife said that was really boring. <laughs> I said, "All right, please stop listening." Thank and thanks for the compliment. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's dive into Columbus here. Okay, so the last time we actually talked about Christopher Columbus in here, it yeah. had to do with him thinking that he had spotted uh, mermaids. Yes, and they were actually mer- manatees. Yeah. So you know, keep that. Keep that. Everybody should always keep that in context. I like the different. Way time different people not as sophisticated as we are mm-hmm. um and then the other thing i like to to mention about christopher columbus is and i'm half italian my my mother's family was directly from italy it's cristoforo colombo and colombo means pigeon actually oh. so if you really want to go after the guy you know call him pigeon boy or something like that I and like truthfully this. the pigeons love him they love his statues. <laughs> That's true. The <laughs> pigeons do love him. I mean, it's the pigeons do love his statues. So now I want to protest that we're getting rid of bird habitats. 
<laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, we're right. Where are the pigeons Where going to land go? if we chop the heads off of all of the Columbus statues? Yes, I'm with you. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, it was actually 1792. That's a long time ago that New York City first established Christopher Columbus Day as something of note. And that was because wow. of the tremendous. Um, Italian immigration into New York. And but it so, was 300 years after. If you say it was 1792? Yeah. Right. 1492 is when he sailed the ocean blue. Right. So a long time after. He yeah, a long time after gone. that. Right. I mean, he's he, he has stuck in our collective consciousness for the achievement that he made. And the he, achievement was setting off and sailing across an ocean of unknown size towards unknown lands. Well, he thought he knew the lands, but into the unknown and taking a risk and doing something that led to a change in the world. Now, you can say, yeah, it led to a change in the world, terrible decimation. And this is true, um, but I I think 300 years after it in 1792, when they first established this, they weren't focusing on the negative, um, and we tend to focus now on the negative of it all. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. sort of goes, you know, I won't even get into the, the Confederate part of that because I understand that even a little bit more than the Columbus deal. But you had like the John McDonough um, bust in New Orleans that was you know, carried to the river, the right. Mississippi River, and dumped in. Now, he was involved in the slave trade. He also left a sizable portion of his estate of his wealth to start public schools in new Orleans. And so that's the reason he celebrated. And right. so, you know, I, I do think it's kind of hard because, you know, the only reason we know about Columbus is because we learned about someone who set out to find the new world and actually didn't even realize where he was going kind of ended up off course. Right. And that's the whole reason that a city like New York can even exist. Exactly. It's, it's interesting. So uh, there were actually three countries that rejected Columbus's idea because it was too it was too harebrained. It was too risky. Mm-hmm. It was too unknown. And no, it, this is going to be failure. England said no. Portugal said no for a long, long time. Spain said no. And people thought people said, no, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. He was wrong about the size of the ocean and this had nothing to do with the world being round mm-hmm. um everyone of any thinking capacity at that point knew that the world was in fact round they didn't know how big the world was though mm-hmm. um and so that was the unknown and that we hadn't been to space into. so you couldn't like go up into space and look back and see what it actually looks like you right just knew how things worked and yeah. how long it took people to get places so you know i mean when christopher columbus discovered the new right. world and that's a problematic thing to say because clearly there were people already here and you can't say you know you can't roll into my yard and say look what i've just discovered here because i'm going to come out and i'm going to say uh this i'm i'm here right. you didn't discover this so that's, right. that's totally true and yep. totally charged to say discovered um, but there was a larger discovery and merging of two worlds that otherwise didn't really know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is also true that great things came from that, but it is true that terrible things came mm-hmm. from that. And, and Christopher Columbus is not an, a figure without problems. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was terribly abusive to the native populations. Mm-hmm. He was terribly abusive to the Spanish colonists that were under his rule. They actually, Spain actually arrested him at one point and brought him back to Spain and stripped him of his political governorship wow. 
of these new lands that he had, quote-unquote, discovered. Mm -hmm. So he's not without problems. Um, But, you know, I know that all of those statues that were put up 100 years ago, 50 years ago, and all of the learning about Christopher Columbus that is sort of in our collective consciousness never focuses on that negativity. And, and the people who want those statues, they don't want them because of the negative side of anyone. They want them because they represent opportunity and they represent discovery and they represent what we can do and what we can achieve. So if you focus on only tearing things down and not adding to and building up, I think you've got a you're you're headed in the wrong direction. The University of Missouri has a statue of Thomas Jefferson sitting on a bench on its campus, and in the last couple of weeks, you know, saw this big change.org petition petition to get rid of it, and they put out a statement that honestly kind of threw cold water on the whole thing. We don't remove things. Yeah, we don't. Maybe and you can add to things. Add to it. I, I've always think that about the Jefferson, the Jackson statue in New Orleans. Thing. Put another plaque up. I, I think so. Put another statue. Put, put another, another statue plaque up. Right. So we understand. Here's what used to happen. Here is where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am. People who forget history forget what so many people have worked and done and died for, and then how changes in our minds, how we mm-hmm. think. About things, right? But I also think I agree. It's, I also think it's a a compliment to us as a society, you know, to be able to say, "Here's how far we've come." Yes, we have we have further to go, right? But you know, like with the John, like the John McDonough thing, to me, that was one where I looked, and and I do think there should be almost like you know, in a textbook as well as I do, these like blurbs or kind of bubbles that are put into the text where it's like, "Did you know?" And you know, and it kind of gives you a little bit more context. Where I think you say. Look at all of these people who were involved in the slave trade. It was terrible. It was horrible. But at the time, it was normal. And it's not anymore. Right. And, and th- now we know. And that's, and now we know. Right. And, 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 and somebody will say, well, we knew then. Well, people did know then. And there were, there were larger thinkers then. Mm-hmm. Um, but the common acceptance was this is how. The world works but how would you feel i mean i i often in, in covering news have to think about you know kind of move the pieces around okay let's just say some extremist group started using facebook to kill people or you know just atrocities okay sure but we were all on facebook because it's just what people did we connected we, with our high school you know, friends right how people right. know maiden names you know little things like that yeah um but then in 50 years, when Facebook goes down in flames, there was the worst thing to happen to society. Would you look back at what you're doing right now and saying, oh, that was evil? Because no, because right now for you, I don't know, it's a hard topic. Yeah. I it get is it. very hard. And topic. I also think a lot of it is very symbolic. You know, you fight against and something that's like the thing. that. It, that's right. Right now, it's it's I think people feel like, well, that's me saying that we're done with that. Yeah, hell with it, that. The, the symbolism overrides uh, a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to say, you know, we have we have some peaceful protests right now in downtown Lafayette mm-hmm. to to a monument, and uh, for the first time, I've actually really appreciated the way that this has has happened mm-hmm. because it is actually very thoughtful, and it isn't um, it, it isn't just about tearing down. Seemingly, I know there's there's a, an idea to tear down, mm-hmm. but what I've witnessed when I've been downtown is people who are expressing their thoughtfulness over. 
the monument. And that's that's a that's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you use it as a teaching tool, it's the best thing you can do. You know, Bob Carricker. We got to wrap always. up there. For is is time. that it? Are we going to shoot off the uh, confetti did cannon? You, is there, you have to do it. He in the really did. Lot. No, I'm not. It's a, it creates a horrible mess. <laughs> I was about to say you're not doing it in here because guess what? You're looking at janitor one and janitor two. We have to be responsible for that. Thanks, Bob. It's good to see you. you All right. Awesome. Now, button We've got other stuff go on Columbus. I want to say the Pinta, Nina Pinta, Santa, Santa Maria, Maria. These aren't really the names of the ships. And the Pinta was actually a nickname for a prostitute. Okay, congratulations. Oh. You just got one more minute. Give us a quick rundown what? of that. Yeah, well, the, 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 so the official names of these ships, because yeah. they're commissioned by Spain, and Spain is directly connected to the glories of the church, mm-hmm. they were named after saints. So the Santa Maria was the real name. Mary. Right. The the Pinta. The uh, Nina was the Santa Clara, and it was called the Nina because it was a nickname for the owner of the ship. Mm-hmm. And Pinta was a nickname for a prostitute. And the, so the sailors, you know, they're like, nah, the ship is named ah, Pinta. <laughs> right? And we don't focus on that. We don't. So you want to go don't. after Columbus? Oh, my gosh. He sailed across the ocean in a name in a ship named Prostitute. Oh, the outrage. Mm-hmm. Bob Carricker with us every Thursday morning. I won't I give you any it. requests for at least two weeks, okay? Bring whatever you want to talk <laughs> Look about at his next face. week. He's very happy and pleased with himself. All right, 653 <laughs> now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Hey, coming up after top of the hour news, Mayor President Josh Guillory yep. will be in studio with us for Lafayette Live, and we'll take your calls at 232-1542. How does Google, Facebook, Twitter, Yelp, Glassdoor, and so many other websites Get away with allowing posts that are outright lies and oftentimes libelous. Your Thursday Consumer Tech Update is brought to you by T-Mobile. Their advanced network now goes farther than ever before. Visit T-Mobile.com slash 55 today. If I were to go on the air and say something blatantly untrue and damaging about someone or some business, both I and this radio station would be sued. It's the same with newspapers and magazines, but not online. The Communications Act of 1996, written long before social media was prevalent, protects big companies from lawsuits when someone uses their platforms to post terrorist content, child abuse material, cyber stalking, false, and even libelous statements about others. It's time for big tech to be held to the same standards as all media outlets. Bad news for Facebook, Yelp, Twitter, Glassdoor, and all the others. Good news for you. I'm Kim Commando. We're all looking for ways to save money, especially now. When's the last time you looked at how much you're spending on car or homeowner's insurance? Check out Gabby and see about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers, like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account, and in about two minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. Gabby customers save $825 per year on average. If they can't find you savings, they'll let you know you have the best rate out there. And they'll never sell your information, so no annoying spam or robocalls. It's totally free to check your rate, and there's no obligation. Take two minutes to see how much you can save on your car and homeowner's insurance now. Go to Gabby.com slash Kim. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash Kim. That's Gabby.com slash In 2005, a bunch of community activists in Berkeley, California, tried to force the local school board to change the name of Jefferson Elementary School. Berkeley was radical, wacko leftist back then, but the idea of getting rid of the name Jefferson Elementary 
was just too extreme, even for the liberal school board back then. And now how times have changed. Last week, the Berkeley Unified School District Board approved a resolution in support of Black Lives Matter. And as a result of the unanimous vote, Jefferson Elementary will get its name changed. Thomas Jefferson is out of there. And a school named for George Washington, Washington Elementary, will also get its name changed. Now, never mind that George Washington was the father of our country who led America through revolutionary war that changed the world for the cause of liberty and freedom. Never mind that Washington did what few would do. He gave up power. They wanted to make him king. He said no. Never mind that Thomas Jefferson's role in writing the Declaration of Independence, his service as our first Secretary of State or his own historic presidency. Both these guys were slaveholders and that is enough reason to stamp out their names. Our history means nothing to leftists. The only thing that matters to them is erasing it. They don't know that they really can't. Just because you can write does not qualify you to be a best-selling author. And the same logic applies to identity theft protection. You may be good at monitoring your credit, but that doesn't make you an authority on identity theft. Data breaches, your personal information gets in the wrong hands. This becomes complicated stuff. Cyber criminals commit identity theft every day. Now, on your own, you could miss certain identity threats, like somebody taking out a payday loan in your name, for instance. Or your information stolen as part of a data breach put out there on the dark web for other cyber bad guys to use for their own selfish gain. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft, but let me tell you, LifeLock has the tools and the know-how to help you like no other. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Just go to LifeLock.com, promo code RUSH. That's it. LifeLock.com, promo code RUSH, 25%. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. News Talk 96.5 KPEL Brobridge Lafayette They are supposed to surrender today I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. The cop who shot Rayshard Brooks and another officer both now charged in Atlanta. Mr. Brooks, keep breathing. That's body cam footage right after the shooting, which happened after Brooks resisted arrest and took an officer's taser in the struggle and pointed it at him. But D.A. Paul Howard Jr. says... Mr. Brooks never presented himself as a threat. Fox's Heaven Brown has more live. Yeah, Dave. Garrett Rolfe, the now-fired Atlanta police officer who shot Rayshard Brooks, is now charged with 11 crimes, including felony murder. But his attorney, Lance LaRusso, told Fox the prosecutor is ignoring the fact Brooks resisted arrest, stole that taser, and fired that taser. They should be focused on is why it changed from a cordial conversation to a violent assault on two law enforcement officers at the moment that Mr. Brooks knew he was going to jail. Now, the second officer is charged with aggravated assault. A high number of Atlanta police officers called out sick last night, though the department denies there was any mass walkout, Dave.
Evan President Trump told Fox's Hannity, Atlanta's a terrible situation, and as for the murder trial... I hope he gets a fair shake, because police have not been treated fairly in our country. The president also told Fox, John Bolton is breaking the law, claiming there's classified information in the book that the Justice Department is trying to block from being released next Tuesday. Bolton just told ABC... I don't think he's fit for office. I, I don't think he has the competence to carry out the job. Excerpts are already out from the ex-National Security Advisor's book. Suggesting impeachment hearings should have gone beyond Ukraine, alleging the agricultural deal with China was all about re-election. Bolton says the president was willing to intervene in foreign investigations, quote, to in effect give personal favors to dictators he liked, adding the pattern looked like obstruction of justice as a way of life. Fox's Griff Jenkins, America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Several Confederate monuments have been torn down on the anti-police protests in Richmond, Virginia. And today a judge will consider whether to extend an order not to remove General Robert E. Lee's statue from Richmond, the coronavirus has been spiking up lately in several states with record new cases from Arizona to Texas to Florida. The CDC is urging us, in addition to being socially distant, to wear a cloth mask in public, bring sanitizer, and also carry tissues for things like doorknobs. President Trump tells Fox's Hannity he believes the pandemic is eventually going to fade away. We won't be closing the country again. We won't have to do that. He says his administration's working closely with state and local officials to tamp down COVID-19 hotspots. But Democratic presidential hopeful Joe Biden says far too many people are still dying from the disease. 750 fathers and mothers, sisters and brothers, uncles, aunts, husbands, wives, children dying every day. Biden's calling for far more testing for the disease as well as increased protections for workers. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News. A day after the president's executive order on police reform, Congress took up the issue. House Democrats advanced their bill in committee while Senate Republicans unveiled theirs and the president turned his attention to an issue in the military. President Trump rolling out a plan to prevent military veterans and service members from dying by suicide. 20 veterans and service members take their own lives every Every single day, the loss of our heroes breaks our hearts and pains our souls. According to the Department of Veterans Affairs, that rate is one and a half times that of the general population. The president's plan includes increasing public awareness, improving training in workplaces, and creating a national public health campaign, which would prioritize suicide surveillance and research. That's John Decker. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. 
your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Thursday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update for you right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. We'll get up to 90 degrees today with a 30% chance of showers and storms. Your full forecast is coming up from the KTC Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. A measure that would provide the gaming industry in the state of Louisiana with $83 million in tax breaks over the next five years is awaiting debate on the Senate floor after a Senate committee's approval on the bill. The legislation allows each casino to distribute $5 million in free promotional play wagers without having to pay taxes. And the casinos can use those play wagers as a marketing tool to attract more customers. Lake Charles Senator Ronnie Johns said his proposal is to help an industry that's been hard hit by the COVID-19 economic shutdown. Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory announced another town hall meeting, this one on Wednesday, June 24th from 5 to 6 p.m. in the Council Auditorium. This is the second in a series of town hall meetings scheduled to happen at the end of every month. Now, if you decide to attend, you must wear a mask and you'll be subject to temperature checks before entering the building. St. Landry Parish Sheriff's Deputy Chief Eddie Thibodeau says a juvenile male has been arrested after a woman called in to complain that there were gunshots all through her home after she heard a bunch of noise. Now, Sheriff Bobby Guidro says the shooting happened Thursday of last week at a home on Fontenot Road in Opelousas. The woman told detectives she heard gunfire, walked out of her bedroom, and found there were gunshot holes all over her home. Thibodeau says they believe the motive for the young man to shoot up this house was some sort of fight with the homeowner's daughter the very day the shooting happened. Louisiana colleges and universities are refunding students approximately $24 million due to the coronavirus interruption of the academic school year. LSU tops the list, returning $4.4 million to students. Now, most of the refunds cover the charges for housing, which students had to vacate for about two months before the end of the scheduled school year. Colleges and universities received $147 million from a $2.2 trillion federal rescue bill. A Kaplan man is wanted by the Acadia Parish Sheriff's Office for allegedly stealing thousands of dollars worth of equipment from a business. Detectives are hoping someone will give them information on the whereabouts of 31-year-old Brandon Joseph Broussard, who they say is a suspect in a case where all that equipment was taken from an Acadia Parish business. You can call 789-TIPS if you have any more information. The Louisiana Workforce Commission releases a tool to help report employees who are refusing to come back to work while still claiming unemployment benefits. Assistant Secretary with LWC Robert Woolley says it's a simple process. You just go over to laworks.net and there will be a link on the front page. Now, typically, someone who would only be eligible for $247 in unemployment benefits each week gets an extra $600 in federal money, which makes it hard for some employers to compete. Live music will be allowed in state bars, clubs, and restaurants for the first time since mid-March when pandemic closures began. However, business owners must apply for approval with the state's fire marshal's office and the Louisiana Department of Public Health before the band plays. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says it's to gain approval from businesses who meet certain criteria. There's separation, there's a certain standard to the HVAC system in the building, the social distancing between the band and the people, as well as the, the social distancing that's already required uh, of the patrons of a restaurant and bar.
Browning says the state fire marshal's office will collect data from businesses applying for permission for live entertainment, but the final decision is made by the Department of Health. The last couple of days of, of cases in Louisiana, it has seen an increase in our state, and that's concerning. And I'm sure that that plays into the Department of Health's recommendations as to what may be allowed or what might not be allowed. Recent numbers indicate an uptick in daily coronavirus case numbers, which could be a factor in the Department of Health's approval process. Browning said the state fire marshal's role is to offer guidance for businesses to comply. It's not a matter of just because because I've always had a band in this building, I want to have a band. There's a lot of things that have to be done differently. There's a lot of mitigation measures based on best practices. And finally, Governor Edwards tells a caller on his monthly radio show that if they go to a business and find it isn't following social distancing and mask guidelines, that they shouldn't spend money there. Here's Matt Doyle. If you will do that and if others will do that, I, I think we would have a lot more compliance and, and then we, people would be a lot safer as we re-engage more of our economy. That's Edwards who made the comments in light of a recent jump in COVID cases over the past week. He says these recent increases are still likely due to increased testing, but... It is obvious now that the heat and humidity is not going to stamp it out. And despite that heat, he says you still need to wear a mask if you leave the house. I'm Matt Doyle. It's 710. Your weather report coming up is brought to you by the T.J. Martell Foundation. Join the T.J. Martell Foundation in the fight against leukemia, cancer, and AIDS. Your support helps saves more lives. Visit tjmartell.org. Pretty typical summertime pattern across Acadiana this afternoon. Highs topping out at around 90 degrees with a few scattered showers and storms mainly along our coastal parishes this afternoon, but otherwise partly cloudy. Lows tonight dropping into the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees under mainly clear skies. And looking at a little bit of a drier Friday, rain chances only about 10% as highs once again top out in the lower 90s. From the Storm Team 3 West Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Hi, I'm Blakely Kirkpatrick. And I'm Leighton Kirkpatrick. Stronger together, safer apart. A pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Have a good day, Katie. It's open enrollment season, and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that saves most families about $500 a month. Google MediShare and see if it's a fit for you. It is 714. Welcome into Acadiana's Morning News and Lafayette Live with Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you, and I love that Pledge of Allegiance. I heard it in my Jeep when I was driving over here. Yes, uh, you wouldn't like it if your five-year-old and six-year-old are trying to negotiate a contract with the station for use of their <laughs> likeness. And you see? Man, I heard they have a tough agent, too. It yes. Takes, it takes the romance out of it. You Is know, it, yeah. just one of those things. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to take your phone calls. And, of course, we have some emailed questions in as well. 232-1542 is the phone number. 232-1542. And we have someone to take your calls and pass them along to you. Yes. So, Let's start, uh, Mayor President Guillory, with COVID-19. We had a few weeks we weren't talking about it. Yeah. We had a, over a month of consistent decline. Now we're seeing a rise in numbers. What's your take on it right now? I know there was some confusion a little bit earlier this week, but where are we now, and, and what is your thought? What, what do we need to be doing? 
Okay, so I'm I'm glad you brought it up. Then we we have um, I have a very simple message to all of our neighbors. We cannot be complacent. So this is still a very serious virus. I think what you're you're looking at or we're looking at is a lot of several factors. One, people are tired of being cooped up. Yeah, hey, I'm, I can definitely uh, appreciate that. Um, at the same time, though, we as local leaders uh, here locally, leaders at the state level and even the federal level, mm-hmm. we have to continue to learn. While while we can't be complacent with the seriousness of the virus and seriousness of the disease state, right? We also can't get complacent with well, how we reacted at first is is the norm, right? Meaning shutting everything down, shutting our economy. Yeah, it's not, that's not workable anymore. You can't now at the time. Look, you're facing a world pandemic. Then. Absolutely, yeah. new new threat, new enemy. If you're on the battlefield, if you're in a business, mm-hmm. and you get something that that's uh, that, that you're not used to, mm-hmm. you got to take a tactical pause, assess the situation, evaluate mm-hmm. your options, and execute the, the plan that you have at the, I at love the moment. That. <laughs> I love how you're just so precise about that. That's, I think, very much appreciated well, by people. I appreciate it. Uncle Sugar gave me those, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, that training. <laughs> we do have some stores, like Costco is one that people talk about a lot, where you can't walk in without a mask. Um, I think initially there were some people who said, well, then I'm not just going to go there. Well, you know what? Sometimes you do need 11 pounds of goldfish. And so you got to go to Costco sometimes, you know, Um, now what I'm seeing is the parking lot is just as full. I was had to go two days ago to pick up a prescription and it looked like everyone was in compliance. Do you see that as something we may have to go to if we continue to see these upticks in numbers? There are some other places around the country that are not putting the mandate on the individual saying you're going to be fine if you're not wearing one but more the operating license for a business to, you know, a requirement would be that people wear masks, employees and customers. Sure. Is and, that a and possibility, I guess, well, is what I'm asking. Everything's a possibility. Let's start off. I'm just answering the question yeah. that you asked. Yeah. Um, but it's not the likely possibility. And it's where, and I've said this from the beginning, the number one line of defense is me and you. The, the, the absolute most effective way to fight this virus is personal responsibility. Increase your hygiene, wash your hands frequently. When you think you wash your hands enough, wash them again. Mm-hmm. And, and Bern, you and I were joking one time. It's wash your hands like you just ate, uh, ate crawfish and you're about to take out a, a contact lens. But, but it, it's true. So personal responsibility. So it's look, different, different styles. Some governments across our country, maybe, um, maybe some state governments across our country want the government to make all the decisions for everybody. And, and override and, and, and kind of be that big brother approach. That's one mechanism. That's one. And look, initially, I issued emergency declarations, again, to evaluate the situation and make, make decisions for the future. We're past that part. Mm-hmm. I am convinced that the number one line of defense is me and you. you can't, there's no substitute for personal responsibility. Use yeah. common sense. Wash your hands. If you're in a big crowd... Find a way to separate if you have symptoms and, and then also being a good neighbor. If you have uh, a cough, if you have if you're if you're prone to sneeze in life, you have allergies, for example, if you just even start feeling kind of poorly run down, et cetera. That's it. So mm-hmm. it's th- those two are the best tools in the toolbox to fight this virus as we go forward. And not just this virus, but other world pandemics that we mm-hmm. may see in the future. So it's still a balance. Now, there is still a role in government. So mm-hmm. but again, we're we're talking about this particular situation. There may be other situations in the future where our tactics are a little different, but I know for this, we have got to learn. We have got at local level, state level, federal level. We understand now because we're look, we went through shutdown yeah. mm-hmm. phase one. We're in phase two and now we're seeing a spread. So th- there's certain things in nature that we just can't explain, but mm-hmm. and we can't control. 
but we can control washing our hands. We can control socially distance when, when it's proper. We can control wearing a mask if you can't socially distance in large crowds during a world pandemic like mm-hmm. we're in right now, because we're not out of this. So my message to everyone is we have the answers within us. However, this is still serious, so please take it serious, and let's not be complacent. I want to sum up some of the comments that I saw and just give you a a chance to answer it. There are people who say you would downplay the numbers for politics. Would you? No, because there's there's no room. I was going to say, what what would even be the upside? Right, I don't know what the advantage... I don't know the advantage... I I don't even let my mind go there, Rob, to be honest with you, but but just, just out of... Fun, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I wouldn't even Go tell you yeah, uh, where, right. where the political strategy would be in that. But again, you know, then something like this, you got to take politics out of it, and that's and, and I'll, I'll tell to, to to evidence that I'm very appreciative of a governor that I didn't vote for. Okay, he worked he worked very hard during this, and he's still working very hard uh, during this this situation. His his office has been readily available. If I have questions as a, as a parish president or a mayor, mm-hmm. look, and they they if they don't answer right then and there, they get back to me really quick, and and I appreciate that because we're all trying to work together to keep our people safe at the same time juggle the importance of re- recovering economically. All right. Let's go to the phone line. Steve is waiting. He has a question or comment about COVID-19. Steve, if you could turn your radio down in the background, please, and go ahead with your question or comment for the mayor president. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I've got the radio off. I can't hear you. Uh-oh. Steve, are you there? There. There we oh, go. Hey, okay. Steve. Good morning, Steve. This is an amateur running the board today. I want to let y'all know. <laughs> I keep hearing all of the stuff about best practices, and and that I don't in, uh, hear anything about uh, masks actually being a really good practice. It's a feel good thing, but now they're talking about passive contact is not the m- major way you're going to pass this stuff on. And we anybody that didn't expect it, we're going to have an uptick once we got back to living life was a fool to start with. So you you know we're going to. So the stopgap measure of shutting the country down was just to get a handle on it. Now we got a handle on We need to deal with it, but we need not to do stupid stuff, just feel-good stuff. Masks do not do any good unless you're sick and spreading it to somebody else. That's the only time that it could do any good. It actually hurts you the other way. So. Mm. Anyway, that's my thought. Well, the CDC has changed their mind multiple times. I know for us and my family, because of the serious nature that I have in my family, that we were told when we're out in public in large groups of people, both of us need to be wearing masks. Uh, so for us, I know that's the thing for our family. Yeah. Now, and I also know that other people, they're they're perfectly healthy and they don't feel like they want to wear a mask. And, and that's okay, too. Um, and what, weren't we also just talking about the story in the last hour with the person who was cutting hair? It was at a hair salon in Missouri. Yeah, talk she to ended us up, about that. Well, she ended up bit. being positive, never had symptoms, was positive. Her husband was like hospitalized, like a very serious case. Mm-hmm. She cut 140 people's hair. Mm-hmm. Masks were required, and not a single person got one. So, so none there are the, some researchers. Yeah, none of the none customers, of her customers got it. So, okay. so Steve, respectfully, I would say. Maybe the jury's still out on a hunt how it is a hundred percent, but I don't think to say it's just feel good. And there there was another study that they did three or four weeks ago that was on the same lines as the one you're talking about, Rob, with a second set of people. And they did find the masks to be effective in the spread of it. So I think initially I think I think honestly the government told us that. 
because they were worried about healthcare professionals not having enough supplies. I honestly think that was done on purpose as propaganda so that people would not go out and buy masks and stay at home instead. And then when it got to the point where, okay, well, eventually either we're going to completely explode the global economy by what we're doing, we got to get people back out there. And then they're like, oh, yeah, and by the way, here's all this other evidence of these (laughs) experiments where the masks work. Mayor President, um, number one, hey, thanks, Steve, for the call. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it, man. So there's a man. I was listening to Steve. I was listening to you, Rob, Bernie. Um, and I was trying to find a point where either I could, uh, opine or, or clarify or from my position, but really a lot of good points. And I think the overwhelming theme is there are some unknowns, as you said, Rob. There's some, there's some unknowns, even with the mask yeah. on, on the federal yeah. level. And, and, and burn, maybe, maybe they did. I don't know. Maybe that was the message to preserve PPE. Cause I, I can tell you what I do know. We had a shortage of PPE. Yeah. And we, and thankful, thankful to our dentistry, uh, industry here mm-hmm. locally, dentists like, uh, Gina yeah. Maestri and, and, and I can go down. I the think list. the federal government did that on purpose. I don't think local or state people did. I think the federal government did that well, on purpose. And I mean, obviously that's just my opinion. I know you guys just, you know, Y'all have all this information, and you followed the guy. You could also see how many masks were in the storage. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. knew that was a big challenge at the oh, beginning. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and let us never have that problem again. Is it still, <laughs> is it still a problem? I mean, are we good? Are we stocked up? No, now? we we are good. I check in with our hospital systems okay. on a weekly basis, or or even more Sooner as needed. Whatever, yeah. Medical task force, and that's one of the on our agenda items every week. I ask, you know, what's the status of hospital capacity? Where we have ventilators? Where we have PPE? Just to check out from a from a parish standpoint. Um, but but back to the, the points that were made. So there are a lot of unknowns. But one thing that we do know, one thing that we do know is we can control our actions. We can control our actions better than the government can control our mm-hmm. actions. So we can wash our hands. I know I know I'm very repetitive when I say that, but these tactics work. That's mm-hmm. right. Wash your hands. I, I got right. distance if, yourself when you can. And if you yeah. can't I, I am of the position based on, you know, my weekly calls with the medical task force, constant communication with Dr. Stefanski, our region four director and our medical task force leader, director. Um, I, I am convinced that this, this virus is transmitted by droplets. Mm-hmm. So when, while you may not be protecting yourself necessarily from these masks, you are protecting the community. If you, if you, if you're sneezing or if you're coughing, um, it's, it's a good, a good neighborly practice to wear that mask in, in my opinion. And again, I base my opinion based on what the, the health experts are telling me. But, but again, look, Steve, good points. And I, another point you made is, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, Burn, that, we we have to learn here as leaders too. We can't, like Steve said, we can't shut the economy no, down can't again. Do it. You just can't, can't do, do it. that. It's it, it. There's too many factors involved. But we but we have learned as a society and we have learned as a community how to be uh, self uh, responsible as well. Joey mm-hmm. is waiting. He's online too. Good morning to you, Joey. Hey, thanks for waiting a couple minutes. Hey, Joey. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning, gang. How are y'all? Hello. We're well. So We're- my one observation and question would be so. All the other common transmissible things like colds, flu, everything else that we pass between each other, that should be way down right now also, right? Well, I don't know because I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, but, but that's I see what, what I'm saying. Mean. I see the point. So the, the, these tests that they're giving these people that show them as being, I don't know, at one point exposed or positive, you know, given those antibodies, are there other things that we get on a yearly or weekly, daily basis that can cause those tests to be positive? 
I don't know. Very good question, though, and a question we're going to write down and ask the medical task force. I think that's yeah. who I was going to say, Dr. Stefanski's got to be on with us at 840. Oh, absolutely. So we'll write there that we down go. for her. Yeah, so we'll ask her that, too. Yeah, it's a great question. Right? That was a perfect timing common question cold. right there. Mm-hmm. The common cold is, is a virus. Sure. Common cold is a virus. Mm-hmm. And if I think if you look it up, it's in the same family as it all is. the other viruses. So this good question that we'll they're ask running on everybody, is it exclusive just to COVID or is it testing for something in that family? You follow me? Mm-hmm. I, we hear you. I'm, I'm following you anyway. like a heat-seeking missile. But but, <laughs> but but you and I say that because you're making really good points. A lot of points that that people share, and it just again it goes back to the we don't know category on a lot of this stuff. So when we don't know, we try to find out. Yep. Um, my appreciation of the situation too are as as it can as as COVID nineteen is compared to the common cold and even the flu, which can also kill people. Is COVID nineteen the symptoms are a little more severe, especially when when you're talking about the breathing, the lack of breathing. So if you remember back when we first started this battle, flattening the curve was so important. Well, flattening the curve was never prevent the spread necessarily. It was to spread out the the contagion so that you that your hospital systems aren't overwhelmed, but not just to protect the hospital systems. Specifically, one of the symptoms was you cannot breathe. If you can't breathe, you need ventilators. And and in the early in this fight, we did not have a lot of ventilators. We didn't have enough ventilators to take on the entire uh, population or, or the expected population that would have this virus and specifically need ventilators. I have to give, uh, uh, we, we gave props to the state level. Props needs, also needs to go to the federal level. President Trump, you saw that play out mm-hmm. on the news, whether it's New York, New Orleans, and other areas in, in, our, in our country. I believe his team ste- stepped up, him and Vice President Pence, and did a great job on getting the, the tools and, and that you need to fight this. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Jared is holding on. He wants to talk about Parks and Rec. We'll ask those questions and more when we come back. It's Lafayette Live, and you can call in at 232-1542 for your question or comment. Also have a question about tiny houses for you. So that's coming up as well. We're going to, it's a buffet today. We got questions from all over the place. Uh, We'll be back with more with Mayor President Josh Guillory after this. Hey, it's Rob Kirkpatrick, and I want to tell you about a brand new feature at KPL965.com. Listen to every hour of every day of Acadiana's Morning News. Now, you need to just get up and listen to all the great interviews when they happen live. But maybe you're busy. Maybe you want to listen in your car in the afternoon. Go to KPL965.com, click on Listen Live, and then click Acadiana's Morning News. There, you'll find a podcast brought to you by LABI, Louisiana Association of Business and industry. That's kpal965.com. Welcome back to Lafayette Live with Mayor President Josh Guillory. We're going to go back to the phones. Jared's on the phone with us now. Hey, good morning to you, Jared. Hey, Jared. Good morning. Good Good morning. I have a quick question about, I guess, parks and recreation, and specifically Arsenal Park. So, what, from my understanding, is the city of Broussard will be taking over Arsenal Park eventually. Not sure when. Not sure if it's a donation or a buy from the parish. Not real, you know, positive about that. But basically, you know, it's it's the St. Julian's way of forcing people to pay for St. Julian Park instead of using Arsenal Park for free, which we actually pay property tax and villages for, you know, and it's kind of frustrating because, you know, as a, a travel ball, baseball, softball coach, you know, we, we, we try to keep our costs down for our players, 
So we use Arsenal Park. We utilize the free parks in Lafayette Parish. And, uh, you know, with the city taking it over, it forces us now to go pay to practice at Arsenal. I mean, at uh, St. Julian Park. What, I mean, what's the theory behind it? I mean, is the parish not able to take care of them? I mean, you go there and the parish workers are sleeping under the tree, not cutting grass, not taking care of the park. You know, it's it's. You got to take a picture of that, man. Please do. Yeah, take a picture of that. Like seriously, because that needs to take a picture. Send it to Mayor President's office at LafayetteLA.gov, or can they do it three one one too? Right. That's right. Yeah, three one one Lafayette Services. Take a picture of that next time and send it. Get their license plate. And uh, and and on the back of every city Lafayette uh, city consolidated government vehicle, there's a there's usually a letter and a number. Yeah, like D Delta okay. twelve, so it's Drainage Department twelve, uh, or or so, you know, just get as much information as you can, and I promise you that'll be addressed <clears throat> as as we continue to change the culture. So, but most of we, most we, of our wonderful we, LCG employees do not do that. But anyway, right. keep going. You're making yeah. good points. With that being, yeah. With that being said, you know, and I'm I'm sure Arsenal's not the only one. I know Youngsville's been trying to take over Foster, and you know the different towns those parks are in because. You know, the the towns could do a better job keeping them up than the parish does because the parish has a lot of stuff to cover with just a few employees. Uh, is our property tax millage going to go down on parks and recreation because of those parks being donated or bought by the, the city they're actually in? All right, Jared, we're going to dive into some of your questions. Thank you so much for your call. I really appreciate it, Jared. You make, you bring up several several issues. So let's talk about kind of go backwards, the millage. So we're working on a city millage that operate, that, that services a parish. And it's been been like that for decades now. And uh, for what our department has grown to, while there's a lot of successes there, it has become unsustainable financially. So in working with our, our partners within our parish, because we are one parish, and we get a lot more accomplished when we work together as, as one parish. Our municipalities wouldn't be the same without the city of Lafayette, and the city of Lafayette surely wouldn't be the same without our wonderful five municipalities and towns within this parish. So each of our five mayors I've had some communications with, um, and they've had communications with their respective councils. I've, I've uh, spoken to, uh, in this case, a lot of our parish council members. They're, they're more boots on ground in the municipalities. Um, and there, there, is, there are serious talks about um, we can't donate the parks to them. We can either sell them, is my understanding, based on what the legal opinion is, that we either have to sell it at face value, but we can rent it. Um, and, and even, even if you lease it for a dollar for 99 years, which is the same as donating, in my opinion, um, you know, it, it would take the burden off of, of, of the city workers, off of the LCG, and uh, it would place the burden of the upkeep on these municipalities. However, the municipalities want that. They, they take pride, in, and you, you touched on this in, in your comment, Jared, and I, and I appreciate it, is think about it. If it's in your backyard, you're probably going to take a lot more pride in it than if you had to travel 30 miles to maintain it. It's, there's a lot of pride in our municipalities. Our, our mayors work hard. Our, our respective city councils across the parish work hard. They, this is an initiative that four, I know four out of the five um, municipalities are interested. Karen Crow, I believe, is not interested in doing in taking this approach. The Youngsville City Council, and to my, to my understanding, the Bruce Art City Council has also passed resolutions authorizing their mayor to ex, to enter into these these types of leases. Uh, Youngsville is a little different. They would assume the lease with Young uh, uh, Industries as opposed to us leasing it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do I do understand the concern though that you had in regards to practice, and I appreciate your volunteer 
caring, by the way, in our community. We need people like you to step up and, and lead our youth into the next next path. They're our future. That's the next generation. So, and I was a youth athletic coach for ten years. I, I love it. It's my it's my passion. Yeah. So, thank you for that. But in talking with our, our our my fellow mayors and city count their their respective city council members, um, one concern is the cost. So, if we donate it, we it's our intent that these parks still maintain extremely accessible to our youth athletics uh, programs and, and to the community as, as large. But after talking with each of our, our mayors that, that are interested in, in entertaining this idea, uh, there, there's a lot of good things in, in the works for, for their respective communities within their municipalities. And I, I believe the Paris as a whole, look, we're one family. We get a lot, there's a lot of synergy in what we have being a consolidated government. And I'm I'm very very eager to see the future. Mm. All right, thanks, mm-hmm. Jerry. Jared, we appreciate it. But we move on to Jerry, um, and he has a question about permitting for protests. Good morning to you, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Jerry. Thank you for want, calling in. First, I want to thank I just want to thank you and KPL for even having this forum to be able to discuss these issues. Thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> my question, my question, the, um, <laughs> everybody there. As I understand, the, the, the protest that went through uh, Camellia didn't require a permit because it was going to be on the sidewalk. Well, obviously, four or 500 people, that didn't work out. It, it went onto the streets both ways. The city, the police shut down both, both sides for quite a while. I mean, I, I was there on my bike, saw a lot of people frustrated not being able to get home and all that because the whole thing was shut down. And the next part of that is, why would we even allow protests to go through residential area? So that started at St. Barnabas. Behind that, you have Rivers Bend subdivision with families, houses, children. The other side of Camellia, you have Cambridge. Again, homes, families, children. Then you cross over to River Ranch, one of the largest residential developments around. And you know, again, families, houses, children. And we have so many other options. You have. You know, the other day, I think they did Johnson Street somewhere. You have the All Center. You have Hughes Marcus Park. We paid a fortune for that. Um, Cajun Dome, Cajun Dome Boulevard, the University, all sorts of places without even the risk of, of the, you know, protests getting out of hand. I think we've been lucky so far. We haven't had that perhaps out of town element that comes in and stirs things up. But why even have the the risk of it getting out of hand around residential properties? All right, Josh. Thanks for the call, Jerry. All right. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that. And, and it's probably a lot of people that have the same question. So let's start off with this. Every American by birth has the right to protest under the First Amendment. We have a right to peacefully assemble. And there's been over 1.1 million Americans that have given their life to protect that, that freedom that we all cherish. Um, I think what you're saying is going in that when, when that where at what point does that cross the line where you need a permit? So originally the Camellia Boulevard uh, demonstration and protest was it was designed to go on the sidewalks. So thankful to our interim chief of police and our fire department for working so so diligently and and, and working with the organizers of the of the um, organization or the whoever's getting everybody together. And you know I trust my commanders on ground. I trust my chief of police to make the the appropriate decisions when to take action when it's sometimes it's a split second. I trust my fire chief to make that same same uh, same decision on ground. So when the crowd started to get a little larger than anticipated and there was not enough room on the sidewalk because they were on the sidewalk for for the most part but whenever they did dip into camellia for the safety of the protesters and the and the safety of traffic uh, our our commanders on ground made the decision to temporarily 
and very and very briefly close Camellia. Now it, it it was a little bit during peak hour, so I can I can definitely understand the frustrations. But um, I appreciate the patience of our community, and I appreciate the the uh, peaceful nature of these organizations and, and and demonstrations. But look, part of being American is you gotta sometimes you have to tolerate ideas that you don't agree with. But there's a lot of people that died for 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 the right for us to express our ideas, and I appreciate that. Jerry, thanks for the call at 741 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. We're back with more of Lafayette Live after this. Here for you in times of uncertainty. Tracking coronavirus, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on this Town Square Media Station. Team you can rely on even on the darkest days. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. We're working for you on air, behind the scenes every single day. We're following a potential hazmat situation on I-10 this morning. As you get out and hit the road, Bernie's got the information you need to know. Your radio home for news and information for more than 60 years. You know, it's everything I need in the morning. News Talk 96.5. KPL. High pressure sliding just off to our east this afternoon is going to allow a little bit more humidity and moisture to the region this afternoon. So we'll keep scattered showers and storms in the forecast, mainly uh, south of Interstate 10 along our coastal parishes this afternoon. Otherwise, partly cloudy with high temperatures topping out at around 90 degrees. Overnight tonight into tomorrow morning, lows in the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees. And then I think we say a little bit drier as we head through your Friday. Rain chances only about 10% as highs top out in the lower 90s and then heading into saturday more of the same pretty quiet conditions highs once again at around 92 93 and then a little bit better rain chances as we head into father's day and then really as we start the upcoming work week rain chances really start to ramp up from the storm team three weather lab i'm meteorologist bradley benoit on news talk 96.5 kpel you're listening to american ground radio's morning minute earlier this week governor john bell edwards signed a bill into law that prohibits local governments from banning guns in businesses and most public buildings through ordinances that are tougher than statewide restrictions. This is really good news for Louisiana because this strengthens our gun rights. And gun rights aren't just about hunting or sport. They save the lives of thousands of Americans every year. The right to bear arms is about equal opportunity, about self-determination. They make America less violent and more secure. And that's why guns are used 2.5 million times a year in self-defense. If we've learned nothing else in 2020, it's that the government can't always protect us. We need to be able to protect ourselves. American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Park on News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. Katiana's Morning News, it is 748, our phone number, 232-1542. It's a good little start to a Thursday morning, a little Stevie Wonder there. Absolutely. Your questions, of course, always welcome. All right, so what are you hearing about businesses? Um, I know there's been a lot. 311 was obviously a big help. Lita has been working to guide people, one Acadiana. Sure. Um, and it just seems like more, the more and more business owners I talk to, I mean, unfortunately, we had the situation with Tsunami yesterday. Yeah. They decided they had an employee who was positive. Yeah. 
and made the decision out of an abundance of caution to close down and kind of regroup and make sure no customers or no one else was exposed. But I, I feel like there are a lot of people who have sort of used this time, even under the guidelines, whether it's the governor's guidelines, your own, um, to try to operate. Uh, yesterday, someone was telling us a story about Judy's Inn, and they said at the height of it, it was almost like it was a civic duty to be open because you would drive past and you see activity happening where mm-hmm. it has for I don't know how many decades. And there's a little bit of normalcy that comes yeah. with that. I think that's all a lot of people want. A- absolutely. And it just goes to show you, though, that the private sector, they're very adaptive. They have the answers. They have common sense. They're, look, unlike government, the private sector, a private sector business is back is against the wall every day. Yep. Every day. So every right. every month that they start, before they flip those light switch on, they have a certain amount just to meet overhead before they even see yeah. profit. So they're going to figure it out. That's why we have to be very careful in government not to paint with a broad brush. What works in New Orleans may not work in Lafayette. What works in the city of Lafayette may not work in the yeah. municipality of, of Doucon. You see what I'm saying? So we got to trust at the local level, not only local elected officials, but our local business owners and our, and our people. Our people are smart. So the best thing we can do is look local leaders and in the media is to give facts and this COVID-19 very serious situation give as much data as we can and let people make common sense decisions mm-hmm. uh, when appropriate so that that is and, and it's very much appropriate in the private sector so mm-hmm. that, I think that's what you're seeing the owner of Tsunami made the decision to to close uh, close her business for a limited amount of time because she felt her patrons would be protected and I bet you a lot of her customers appreciate that even though you know we all love tsunamis we're all going to go out there we're all going to miss it you know <laughs> but, but that's, that's a responsible decision yes. that we trust our local decision uh, our local business owners and and who knows when 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 they open back up they may have a even more of a surge out of appreciation you, you, you yep. never you never know this stuff but me as a local leader i don't think it's appropriate at this point to paint with a broad brush and say okay one person then you know mm-hmm. everything and you right? know what and, and that's good government yeah it's set up the infrastructure's there the framework is there get out the way you know mm-hmm. and uh, let's go to mike he's on line one hey good morning to you mike you're on with the mayor president hey how y'all doing good mike thanks for calling in Thank you so much. Uh, two questions. Number one, because of all this mess that's happening with the police department, are are you seeing uh, officers uh, just resign, go work elsewhere, or early retirement? And second of all, when are y'all going to start hiring police officers? Sure. So, no, I'm not seeing them resign. Instead, I see the brightest and bravest that our community has to offer. I'm extremely proud of our Lafayette Police Department and all of our first responders. Um, we Every vacancy that we have the opportunity to fill, we work with our chief to, to do so. Uh, we're in the budget process right now, and we're trying to make a little, it's not much, but it's a little bit of maneuvering to, to get a little more boots on ground, uh, more patrol officers as opposed to people sitting behind a desk. But, again, as far as the, the spirit of your question, I appreciate that. Um, we have the, the, you want to see the best and brightest, come see our first responders in, in Lafayette. Really good. All right, we have one more caller coming up, but I want to ask a question that was sent in on uh, Facebook Messenger, um, and he is asking, he was watching the City Parish Council meetings uh, this week. I get confused as to what to call them, the city and the parish and the city parish. Anyway, there you go. Um, and he wants to ask when there's going to be permanent leadership at LUS. I know a lot of that was talked about. I know it was a kind of a political appointment. Who's in there right now? Is that permanent or when will we know a permanent solution? Well, you do have quality leadership at LUS right now. You, you, it's, it's being provided by an interim director and he's doing a good job and he's uncovering a lot of things that quite frankly should have been covered five, 10 years ago by our consulting engineer, but we're still diving into that. 
And, um, you know, there's a lot to be said about diversity and leadership. And LUS represents half of our budget. And I kind of like the idea of having someone that knows about business leading leading that department of Lafayette Consolidated Government. All right. Mike is on line two. He'll be our final call for the day today. Good morning to you, Mike. You're on with the mayor president. Hi, good morning, uh, Mayor Josh. This is Mike in Kaplan. How are you? Hey, Mike, what's going Not on? Not even a constituent. How no, about no, that? no. He's the, he's the mayor. Thing. He's the mayor of Kaplan. <laughs> How are you? Listen, I just, I'm doing great. Listen, I just wanted to call and thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you've done throughout this coronavirus deal. Your administration has been so helpful, not only to the Lafayette area, but and most people don't realize, but to these surrounding areas, our, our smaller areas don't have the resources, don't have the funding to keep up with some of the things that we need to keep up with. And your administration has been so helpful, and we appreciate you. Wow, Mike. That's really all I have to say. Buddy. Well, first, it's it's always good to hear from you. I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your leadership over in Kaplan, and, and thank you for those kind words, and thank you to our administration. But it goes to show you whether it's drainage, uh, fighting a, a public health emergency, or, or economically, we are just stronger together as a region, and you're starting to see that in our Lafayette delegation, in our Acadiana delegation in Baton Rouge. You're starting to see that in our Louisiana delegation in Washington, and it's, it's good to have Mike and other mayors and and, uh, and Paris presidents come together and say, look, there's so much more that we have in common than we have that separates us. So um, thank you for those kind words, and, and it truly is an honor to serve with you. And, Mike, call us again sometimes. We want to hear what's going on in the Kaplan yes, one day. Yes, we love so, to right? know, man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, uh, and Josh is so right. It, there's such a close knit of, of the mayors. I, I work so close with the mayor in Abbeville, Rain, uh, all, all over. It, it's really uh, Maurice. It's it's really a, a, a fun deal. Uh, it's an exciting time for this area, and I think uh, working together, we can really grow this area to what it needs to be. All right. Thanks Amen. so much. So for thanks a lot, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank hey, you. We got to leave it there. Uh-huh. Another great show. Of course, we take your calls all week long. Obviously, mm-hmm. there was a question we didn't get to on air about tiny houses in the parish. We have passed it on to Mr. Angel, uh, who will work on getting an answer on zoning for those as well. But always, news at kpel965.com. If you ever have anything, we'll get up to 90 degrees today, showers this afternoon, tropics are quiet, and mm. we'll take it. Thank you, Josh. For now. <laughs> All right, 755. <laughs> now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. The news you want to know. Attorney General. He lied to Congress. Chicken bar should have shown up today. You slandered this man. Circus political stunt. KPEL FM. Brobridge Lafayette. He's very critical of his former boss. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. John Bolton has a lot of bad things to say about President Trump in his new book. And on TV, the White House is pushing back. Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany just told Fox. John Bolton has discredited himself. In his book, the ex-national security advisor writes, the president doesn't know basic facts, asked if Finland is part of Russia, and claims the president went beyond demanding favors from Ukraine for aid, asking China for help in his re-election, and giving favors to dictators he likes. Fox's John Decker is live in Washington. In an interview with ABC News, John Bolton claims President Trump is only concerned about President Trump. I don't think he's fit for office. I I don't think he has the competence to carry out the job. There really isn't any guiding principle uh, that I was able to discern other than uh, what's good for Donald Trump's re-election. The president on Hannity last night called his former national security advisor a liar. The Justice Department has asked a federal judge in Washington for a preliminary injunction to block the sale of the book. Simon and Schuster, the book's publisher, said the injunction request will accomplish nothing. 
Dave. Well, John, the president has reacted also to what happened in Atlanta, telling Fox it's very sad. You can't resist a police officer. And, you know, if you have a disagreement, you have to take it up after the fact. And the president hopes the officer who shot Rayshard Brooks gets a fair trial. Garrett Rolfe was charged with murder. Another officer charged with aggravated assault. Brooks family attorney Chris Stewart. Nobody's happy. Nobody's celebrating because this never should have happened. We shouldn't have to celebrate as African-Americans when we get a piece of justice. Another one and a half million people filed new jobless claims last week. Unemployment has spiked in this corona-caused recession, but filings are way down from the peak in late March. On Wall Street, Dow futures are down more than 200 points. Ask your Amazon smart speaker to play the news from Fox. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Two years ago, one of our biggest stories was the U.S. trying to work out a nuclear deal with North Korea. Days after President Trump's summit with Kim Jong-un. But that effort has stalled and things have gotten very tense at the Korean border this week. So South Korea's top nuclear negotiator will hold talks in Washington as tensions continue to rise on the Korean Peninsula. The meeting will reportedly take place with top U.S. officials, including National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien. South Korea's foreign ministry released a statement saying the purpose of this unannounced trip is to assess the situation and discuss responses. Earlier this week, North Korea blew up its liaison on office on their side of the border, warning of total catastrophe between the two sides. All of this in response to North Korean defectors and activists sending propaganda over the border using balloons. That's Fox's Trey Yingst. With coronavirus cases spiking up in some states, hitting new highs in like Florida and Texas, the CDC is giving us updated guidance to wear a cloth mask in public, bring sanitizer, and also tissues for when you open doors and touch surfaces. You may not be familiar with her, but she was a star back in the 1940s. British singer Vera Lynn buoyed the spirits of Allied troops and the folks back home with her uplifting recordings during World War II. We'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know where. Lynn also toured with England's Entertainment National Services, the equivalent of USO tours, entertaining soldiers in India, Egypt, and Burma. Becoming so popular with the troops, they dubbed her the Forces Sweetheart. She promoted veterans' causes and later established a fund for victims of cerebral palsy. That's Fox's Jack Callahan. Vera Lynn was 103 years old. Another death, Jean Kennedy Smith. She was 92. A former ambassador to Ireland, best remembered as former President John F. Kennedy's last surviving sibling. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. 
your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Thursday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update for you right here on News Talk 96.5 Cape Hill. We'll get up to 90 degrees today with a 30% chance of showers and storms. Your full forecast is coming up from the KTC Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. A measure that would provide the gaming industry in the state of Louisiana with $83 million in tax breaks over the next five years is awaiting debate on the Senate floor after a Senate committee's approval on the bill. The legislation allows each casino to distribute $5 million in free promotional play wagers without having to pay taxes. And the casinos can use those play wagers as a marketing tool to attract more customers. Lake Charles Senator Ronnie John said his proposal is to help an industry that's been hard hit by the COVID-19 economic shutdown. Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory announced another town hall meeting, this one on Wednesday, June 24th from 5 to 6 p.m. in the Council Auditorium. This is the second in a series of town hall meetings scheduled to happen at the end of every month. Now, if you decide to attend, you must wear a mask and you'll be subject to temperature checks before entering the building. St. Landry Parish Sheriff's Deputy Chief Eddie Thibodeau says a juvenile male has been arrested after a woman called in to complain that there were gunshots all through her home after she heard a bunch of noise. Sheriff Bobby Guidro says the shooting happened Thursday of last week at a home on Fontenot Road in Opelousas. The woman told detectives she heard gunfire, walked out of her bedroom, and found there were gunshot holes all over her home. Thibodeau says they believe the motive for the young man to shoot up this house was some sort of fight with the homeowner's daughter the very day the shooting happened. Louisiana colleges and universities are refunding students approximately $24 million due to the coronavirus interruption of the academic school year. LSU tops the list, returning $4.4 million to students. Now most of the refunds cover the charges for housing, which students had to vacate for about two months before the end of the scheduled school year. Colleges and universities received $147 million from a $2.2 trillion federal rescue bill. A Kaplan man is wanted by the Acadia Parish Sheriff's Office for allegedly stealing thousands of dollars worth of equipment from a business. Detectives are hoping someone will give them information on the whereabouts of 31-year-old Brandon Joseph Broussard, who they say is a suspect in a case where all that equipment was taken from an Acadia Parish business. You can call 789-TIPS if you have any more information. The Louisiana Workforce Commission releases a tool to help report employees who are refusing to come back to work while still claiming unemployment benefits. Assistant Secretary with LWC Robert Woolley says it's a simple process. You just go over to laworks.net and there will be a link on the front page. Now, typically, someone who would only be eligible for $247 in unemployment benefits each week gets an extra $600 in federal money, which makes it hard for some employers to compete. Live music will be allowed in state bars, clubs, and restaurants for the first time since mid-March when pandemic closures began. However, business owners must apply for approval with the state's fire marshal's office and the Louisiana Department of Public Health before the ban plays. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says it's to gain approval from businesses who meet certain criteria. There's separation. There's a certain standard to the HVAC system in the building, the social distancing between the band and the people, as well as the the social distancing that's already required uh, of the patrons of a restaurant bar. Browning says the State Fire Marshal's office will collect data from businesses applying for permission for live entertainment, 
But the final decision is made by the Department of Health. The last couple of days of, of cases in Louisiana, it has seen an increase in our state, and that's concerning. And I'm sure that that plays into the Department of Health's recommendations as to what may be allowed or what might not be allowed. Recent numbers indicate an uptick in daily coronavirus case numbers, which could be a factor in the Department of Health's approval process. Browning said the state fire marshal's role is to offer guidance for businesses to comply. It's not a matter of just because because I've always had a band in this building, I want to have a band. There's a lot of things that have to be done differently. There's a lot of mitigation measures based on best practices. And finally, Governor Edwards tells a caller on his monthly radio show that if they go to a business and find it isn't following social distancing and mask guidelines, that they shouldn't spend money there. Here's Matt Doyle. If you will do that, and if others will do that, I I think we would have a lot more compliance, and and then people would be a lot safer as we re-engage more of our economy. That's Edwards, who made the comments in light of a recent jump in COVID cases over the past week. He says these recent increases are still likely due to increased testing, but... It is obvious now that the heat and humidity is not going to stamp it out. And despite that heat, he says you still need to wear a mask if you leave the house. I'm Matt... Pretty typical summertime pattern across Acadiana this afternoon. Highs topping out at around 90 degrees with a few scattered showers and storms mainly along our coastal parishes this afternoon but otherwise partly cloudy. Lows tonight dropping into the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees under mainly clear skies. And then looking at a little bit of a drier Friday, rain chances only about 10% as highs once again top out in the lower 90s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5. KPEL. Our current temperature is 73 degrees, and our weather update is brought to you by the CJ Martell Foundation. Join them in the fight against leukemia, cancer, and AIDS, and your support helps to save more lives. Visit tjmartell.org to find out more. News Talk 96.5, KPEL. Right now, traffic. And it looks like we're still good on the roads. You know what? This isn't my expertise. Burn, do you see anything on the road? Let me double check here. Let's see. Yep, all clear. Yay! I thought that was a technical problem. But anyway, awesome. Good news. (laughs) We're back with more Acadiana's Morning News and St. Landry Crime Stoppers, Eddie Thibodeau, when we were... You know, it turns out, like, Bernie, she's that tambourine in my life. Like, my, <laughs> look, it's just going right along. Ooh. And then you just in the background, like, just making noise, you know? <laughs> anyway, welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. It is 814 here, and we're joined by Eddie Thibodeau. And it's been a busy couple days. First of all, it's been a busy couple days for him work-wise. But apparently now he thinks he's uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh-huh. And, um, and uh, so, so tell More me about, about the size of Mark McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, before Mark, or after okay, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, definitely. Uh, listen, it takes me 26 minutes to get a flu shot <laughs> to calm down. So, uh, definitely, let's go Babe Ruth. Oh, I think he was short and stout. But see, Babe Ruth, yeah. I mean, that's before you had to be the sexiest man alive. You just had to play good baseball, oh, yeah. you know? That's true. They knew what but was yeah, right back um, then. Well, you know, uh, you know, talking about that, they uh, the Eunice Rec uh, decided to do a little uh, start season for you know for the kids and stuff. You know, again to get them out the house and stuff. They're doing they're practicing uh, safeguards and stuff. You know, you can't sit together on the bleachers and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, we had a good little game yesterday, and um, I'm not as 
good as I used to be <laughs> once was. <laughs> I mean, and that's that just taking that the Toby Keith song. I'm not as yeah, good right. as I once was because well, yeah. I and was that's just good chasing the kids now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not bad. That's just chasing the kids. That's you know? right. I know. So, uh, good morning. Well, good. So tell us what's going on up in St. Landry Parish. I know yesterday uh, we had a story which is still strange. I mean, I've, I've read over your email and the release that you sent over. Obviously, we don't have much information on identities or anything else because it involves a minor. But this lady finds gun sh- hole, gun shots or gun hole bullet holes uh, through her house, and it all seems to have stemmed from an argument that this young man had with the daughter of the homeowner. Um, with, with the daughter, yes. Wow. And she's in the back room, in her bedroom, and she's hearing noises like, and, you know, everybody's pretty much down south. We, we know what gunshots are. And she starts hearing them, and she walks up, and she walks out of her room and sees bullet holes everywhere. And uh, she calls the department and stuff. And with the witnesses and the surveillance, uh, we were able to identify a 16-year-old male. And one of one of the problems was uh, they had other people in the house, and one of the people, one of the other people, were pregnant in there. Oh. Um, and this young kid just thought it would be acceptable, I guess, after an argument with her daughter, just to run by the house and and shoot ten to uh, five to ten times into the house. No one was shot, you know. No, I mean, uh, I mean, there's other ways to, to solve problems, and we all know that. But shooting blatantly into a house, uh, that's just uncalled for. We, in fact, we uh, can't go too much because yeah. he was 16, um, but uh, we expect more arrests also. Mm. Mm. So more people could be involved. All right. 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 What else is, uh, is going on up there in St. Landry Parish? How are things? Well, you know, go ahead. I got a little delay. Hmm. You still there? Yeah, okay. we are. All right, I got you. Yeah, Somebody was calling on my phone. Um, all right, no, it's, uh, we did a January uh, 2020. We kind of did a rerun because uh, we had a, four people go into the quarters in um, north of St. Landry and break into a vehicle while this lady was parked there, busted the window out. And the video is awesome. That, I mean, you could ID these people. I mean, it's easy. But we're thinking that they're from, uh, being a time 49, it's probably up north or something. Because uh, we got a couple of tips in, but nobody's ID'd these people. So uh, we want, uh, the detective section want to rerun this and maybe, you know, maybe somebody missed it. Yeah. So um, uh, we're trying to get these guys ID'd. So just go to our Facebook page. Uh, we'll, we'll be airing the video again after we, uh, we finish with this. And uh, just help us out. Help this lady uh you know, um, she got a busted window. She got some stuff stolen out. So we want to try to ID these guys. Wow. All right. Well, we love to remind people about the P3 app where you can go report these things. The, your name is not confidential. It is anonymous. No one knows who your it's name anonymous. is. And even when they pay out these uh, rewards, you might think, oh, well, they're going to have to know to you know give me a check. Whose name to put on the check? That's not how you do it. You go to a bank. Nope. It's a complete third party. So you're really encouraged right. to give tips when you have them. And what good thing we did uh, yesterday, we uh, the board's going to meet through uh, through uh, a Skype or a Zoom or something. Uh, we had a lady turn in a uh, sex offender, so we're going to pay her out. And uh, she accidentally said um, she, and I was like, all right. So I, I kind of we can respond back to each other. I said, listen, don't say nothing about my neighbor. Don't say nothing about your your age, your your race, your ethnic, anything, because we want you to post. Um, 
just the information and don't say, well, my uncle, because then, of course, you can be identified. So we redact all that for our board before they get it. But uh, it's something else. She started on Facebook. So don't tip on Facebook. You know, um, we, we want you to go through the app or the phone or the uh, online at stlandrycrimestoppers.com. All right. Makes perfect sense. Eddie Thibodeau? We want, you to, yeah, we want you to be careful and not give anything that would someone would know who you are. Right. Yes. Can you uh, can you stay with us for one more segment? I have a couple stories sure. I would like your um, insight in, uh, professional opinion, you know, all that and stuff. So just go ahead and stay online right. with us here. Um, Eddie Thibodeau is going to join us for one more second. It's uh, one more segment. Excuse me. It is eight nineteen and seventy six degrees in Lafayette. Louisiana Association of Broadcasters Prestige Award winner because of you. Thanks for listening to News Talk ninety six five Cave Hill. So we venture into the hard-hitting world of uh, kicker stories that we have for you today. And uh, joining us for this segment of the show is Eddie Thibodeau from St. Landry Crime Stoppers. Good morning to you, sir. You know, if I learned how to work this board, we'd be in a better situation. <laughs> Good morning to you, Eddie. Sorry. Where, where is he? Did he go? No. No, he is. He left out. Oh, you want to call that back? No, you know what? He. He's, oh, there's no. You gotta call him. Burn, I can't do all you, you. I can't run this stuff like you. If he calls back, we'll take him. Eddie, call back. I'm tough. <laughs> hey, not even the coronavirus quarantine can stop the Avatar sequel. Oh, from really? being produced. The okay. James Cameron directed flick has resumed production in New Zealand after pressing the pause button for several months due to the international spread of the virus. Now, remember, yes. New Zealand has been able to declare itself corona-free. Right. So they have, they're moving on with their life. Um, news was confirmed by producer John Landau on Instagram this week. The post contained a photo of a soundstage full of people working on the movie and all the professionals, including James Cameron. He's 65. He was operating a camera crane. Pretty cool. Ah. All right. So uh, let's see. Eddie, are you there now? Eddie? Are you there now, Mr. Thibodeau? I'm there now. I don't oh. know what's going on. I don't know. <laughs> what that unit, uh, my phone must have caught COVID or something. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You're thinking too hard about it. It's clearly Russia. Anyways, <laughs> um, so we just now talked about Avatar. The movie Avatar, uh, the sequel to it, has continued production in New Zealand. Because, you know, New Zealand, they, they, they took on the mask it or casket thing. You know, everyone masked yeah, up, okay. and, and now there's no, no cases there. So um, so they're continuing. So that's good news. I wanted to move on to England, where apparently even the cows can't wait for hotels and restaurants to reopen. Video shows a herd of cows strolling through the parking lot and hanging out at a beer garden. <laughs> Guess you what? Said that was St. Landry? Also, <laughs> yeah, I said Port Berry. You might have heard England, but okay. I said Port Berry. That's, anyway. That's in Paco, yeah. Um, <laughs> they wandered through the seating area, checked out even a wedding facility. The owner said at one point they actually looked like guests, which they hadn't seen in several months. So he wasn't real mad about it. The cows had come from a nearby farm and were led back. And everyone is happy. Are you trying to say they were in, like, dress black tie or something, black tie affair? think about it. It's always a black tie affair. Black and white, like a tuxedo? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's always a black tie affair for the cows, you know? Um, An Idaho man, uh, more than 150 world records to his name, 
is at it again. He just bounced 16 ping pong balls into a pint glass in one minute. It beats the old record by four. David Rush is his name. Says he almost couldn't believe it since he tried several times. Last month, he set a record by bouncing five. And before that, it was in two seconds. Five balls into a glass in two seconds. Wow. What college he went to. <laughs> Not you will, because he would have had a biology glass? degree. Um, <laughs> what was in the pint glass? This has been his hobby, by the way, for about six years. He started juggling them, and then it just took off from there. So, anyway, <laughs> that's all I got uh, today. And, uh, Eddie, we appreciate you reconnecting with hey, that. Hey, we love y'all. A great uh, great show, Bernie. Um, I, don't, I try to get on the computer and listen to yours and stuff. Aww. You know, um, Beautiful. I mean, uh, and thank y'all again what we do. Hey, and guess what? Nominations. We're not having the convention in um Omaha uh-huh. for Crime Stoppers, but they are. We're going to do like a virtual convention, and we they are um, taking the nominations and for the awards again this year. Anyway, so we're so, so we're in knows? the running. We're we always in the running three times in a row, three years in a row for a hundred thousand and below population. So, uh, and that's because of your listeners and, and because of y'all. So, thank y'all and God bless y'all. All right, thank appreciate you, man. it so much, Eddie. We appreciate it. All right, it's eight twenty six now at News Talk ninety six five. So, yes, do you like that couch you're sitting on? Well, of course. Well, a lot of people don't like the couch they're sitting on. I'll put it to you that way. And homefern.com. Oh, I thought you meant the one I was looking at. Oh, or were you looking at one on at your homefern.com? <laughs> yes. I want a new couch really bad. So, so they have everything for you, every budget, every style. There is a team of buyers that keep up with the latest trends and fashion and home furniture. And they have it all for you at homefern.com. It's pretty cool. Locations across the Gulf Coast with guaranteed next day delivery. That's because just north of I-10... Right here in Lafayette, there is a huge, I don't even know, I was about to say 50,000 square foot, but it has to be way more than that. Um, 50,000 pieces of furniture inside their distribution center. Sweet. That's why they can deliver next day. It's what they do. You can find all the deals and specials at homefern.com, including sales going on now. Go see them at homefern.com or stop by any of the stores. My store is the one at uh, Johnston and Ambassador. It's right there in the corner, not far from PetSmart. Um, Go find something there. Go find something new. Brighten up your retirement. Grow wealth safely. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL965.com. And now some national headlines this Thursday morning, two minutes and 12 seconds. That's how long Richard Brooks was bleeding before two Atlanta officers called for medical help. The district attorney also revealed in his final moments, including the officer charged in his killing, Garrett Rolfe, kicking the father of four after shooting him twice in the back. He was fired right after it happened and charged with murder yesterday. A second officer was seen standing on Brooks's shoulder as he fought for his life. He's now charged with assault. Both have until tonight to turn themselves in. And prosecutors in that case want the officer to be held behind bars without bond. That's what they're recommending for Rolf after he was charged with killing Richard Brooks last Friday night. The recommendation for the second officer, a $50,000 bond. This case will mark the 40th time officers have been prosecuted for misconduct in Georgia's Fulton County. An effort to make national parks safer is one step closer to reality. The Senate passed a $900 million conservation bill yesterday. Some of the money would go to clearing the backlog of repairs and improvements needed. 
A Colorado senator who sponsored the bill says it's, quote, a lifeline to mountain towns and recreational communities hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. The bill now goes to the House and will be voted on next month. The mayor of Tulsa, Oklahoma, says President Trump's rally on Saturday would worry any rational person. He called it an honor to host Trump, but admits he's not positive it won't lead to more COVID-19 cases and having it surge even more. G.T. Bynum confirms he'll greet Trump when he arrives, but won't take part in the rally. Instead, he'll spend the day with police officers. A monument in South Carolina will be removed nearly 124 years after it was put up. Charleston's mayor told that to a cheering crowd yesterday. The celebration also led to some being arrested for vandalism and having that area closed off. The mayor says former Vice President John C. Calhoun has a deeply troubling legacy of defending slavery and white supremacy. He says moving the statue is a long overdue reckoning. In some surprising comments, President Trump says he would absolutely support Colin Kaepernick getting another shot in the NFL. In an interview with Sinclair, the president said if the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback deserves a spot on the roster, he should get signed. Trump added his play, quote, wasn't up to snuff prior to his exit from the league. Kaepernick has not played in the NFL since 2016 after he began kneeling during the national anthem to protest police brutality and racial injustice. Trump has criticized the 32-year-old for the gesture, saying it disrespects the flag and the country. Congressman Adam Schiff is slamming John Bolton over writing a book instead of testifying before Congress. On Twitter, Schiff said President Trump's former national security advisor may be an author, but he's no patriot. The California Democrat added Bolton refused to testify in the Ukraine inquiry and instead saved it for a book. Excerpts from that book that's due to be released next week was published by the Washington Post. Bolton apparently wrote that House Democrats committed impeachment malpractice during that investigation. In business news, Alaska's congressional delegation asking federal regulators to investigate after several banks discriminated and refused to fund oil and gas projects in the Arctic. In a letter sent to the head of the Federal Reserve and others, all three Republicans say banks might be discriminating against Alaska natives who depend on oil and gas jobs. Since November, five major U.S. banks and several international banks have introduced policy changes prohibiting investments in the Arctic. Target will keep paying its workers $15 an hour. The retail giant started that payback in March because of the pandemic and now plans to keep it going forward. The minimum wage officially increases by $2 on July 5th. Target will also give the employees a recognition bonus of $200 at the end of next month. And finally, Twitter's introducing voice tweets. Now users can record up to 140 seconds of audio and post it to their Twitter feed. Twitter employees announced the new feature Wednesday. They say it will create more human experiences for listeners and storytellers alike. Voice tweeting currently limited to a certain iOS users, but will roll out to everyone in the coming weeks. High pressure sliding just off to our east this afternoon is going to allow a little bit more humidity and moisture to the region this afternoon. So we'll keep scattered showers and storms in the forecast, mainly uh, south of Interstate 10 along our coastal parishes this afternoon. Otherwise, partly cloudy with high temperatures topping out at around 90 degrees. Overnight tonight into tomorrow morning, lows in the upper 60s to right around 70 degrees. And then I think we stay a little bit drier as we head through your Friday. Rain chances only about 10% as highs top out 
in the lower 90s. And then heading into Saturday, more of the same, pretty quiet conditions. Highs once again at around 92, 93. And then a little bit better rain chances as we head into Father's Day. And then really, as we start the upcoming work week, rain chances really start to ramp up. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Bradley Benoit on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Right now, 76 degrees here at Acadiana's Morning News. It's brought to you by Overhead Door of Lafayette. Trust only them with the door over your head. All right, it's 835 now at News Talk 96.5 KPEL, and Dr. Tina Stefanski joins us next. KPL, welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. And Dr. Tina Stefanski joins us. So she is over Region 4 for the Department of Health, but also here in Lafayette Parish is the head of the Medical Task Force. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. So good to be here with you all. Oh, well, we appreciate the chance to catch up with you. Um, people have so many questions. They email us, text us, call us all the time to ask. One of the big questions, Dr. Stefanski, that people are asking is, what they really need to be doing right now if they are going back to work and they are worried about, you know, getting COVID-19 infection, what is your best advice? Sure. So, it's, you know, it's really basic. It's really basic advice. And so if you think of, you know, COVID-19 is um, it's a respiratory illness. And so think of the way that we try to prevent spread of flu and other respiratory viruses. It's spread by droplets when you cough, sneeze, talk kind of forcefully exhale, that's how the virus is spread. Okay. And so that's why we talk about, um, unlike the flu, where we have a vaccine and a lot of, and, and pretty good immunity, this is a new virus, so we don't. So what we're trying to do is prevent the spread of infection until we have a vaccine and until we know how to best treat this virus. So the guidance is we want to, you know, prevention is the message. And so think of those respiratory droplets as the main driver of spread of infection. So try to keep distance between you and, and other people. So that's why we talk about that six because that's about as far as little droplets travel. You know, if you're going to sneeze or cough, do it with your arm and not your hand. Um, don't touch your face with your hands. That might be contaminated from touching a surface, and then you rub your eyes, nose, or mouth and can introduce infection. And then when you can't maintain that distance of six feet, so if you're at work um, and you work in a setting that might be crowded as you get up, you know, to, to walk to the kitchen um, or other places in the office, wear a face covering um, to, to prevent that spread of droplet, um, that spread of droplets. When you go to the grocery store, the drugstore, um, just out shopping, and you know that it's going to be difficult to maintain that six feet of distance reliably, just wear a face covering to reduce that potential spread of infection. There's been so much yeah. that, yeah, Rob and I were going to ask you about the mask situation because yeah. you had referenced that, you know, like if you're walking from place to place, even in your own office, originally they're like, no, masks don't work. Then we've seen information about studies they've done in the last two and a half months so if you have a compromised immune system you should be mm -hmm. wearing a mask but what about the everyday average person who's like hey i feel good i'm always feeling good what do you think doctor 
So actually, when you wear a mask, you're really not protecting yourself because the mask that we're wearing, the cloth face covering, is to prevent droplet infection. And so it is, the message has changed, but it's only changed because over the last several months, the Centers for Disease Control um, and others have determined that there is a role for asymptomatic spread. We didn't know that before. You know, this is, this is really new information over the last couple of months. And so once that was determined that someone could be carrying the virus and before their symptoms develop, they're actually able to spread by coughing, speaking forcefully. So that's why the recommendation is now that if we all wear some type of face covering when we're out and can't maintain that distance, then we all protect each other. And so that person who's, you know, immunocompromised, they're wearing the mask to protect you. And so you really, we all, you know, who are fortunate enough to be younger and healthier should wear our face covering the masks to protect those individuals. And, I think and so that yeah. that's really... It's a very different message. Not that it's a different message. It's a different way to think about it. Yeah. You're not wearing the mask to keep yourself yeah. from getting it. You're wearing the mask because if you are asymptomatic and you could still spread it, you were protecting other people your from friends, you. Your friends, your family, strangers. Yes. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, I know it's an inconvenience. It's definitely something, right, absolutely so different for us. But you can see in other parts of the world, you know, this is just an intervention that we need um, at this point. We don't have access to testing where we can, you know, test individuals rapidly, quickly, daily to determine whether or not they potentially are carrying this virus. And so really the, the best that we can do is, is, follow, is, is take these other preventive measures to try to prevent the spread. Okay. Face coverage is just one yeah. and, and then some social distance. So let's talk about the numbers here locally because yeah. we've seen the yeah. uptick in cases. Sure. And then, you know, right. one of the immediate things that we have heard even on the federal level was, well, we're going to have more cases because we have more testing. So then it's kind of like the next tier of things to look at is hospitalizations. That is going mm -hmm. up as well. So where are we locally in the response and, and are we prepared? It's not really a second wave, really, because the first one didn't completely end yet. Right. You're so very astute. Yes, we're still in the first wave. Um, and so our hospitals, uh, you know, are, are doing a, a superb job. And but, but we are starting to see an increase in hospitalizations. It's sporadic. And it's not sustained or region-wide, but we are starting to see an increase in hospitalizations. And that's what we're trying to prevent. Because once you're, you know, hospitalized, that means you've got a significant illness. And we're still trying to figure out how to best treat this virus. I mean, it's clear that, you know, every couple of weeks we hear about a new treatment, a new potential treatment. So we need to give medicine and science time to figure out how to treat these individuals who are sick enough to be hospitalized. So that's the measure that we're trying to prevent a growth in. So we're seeing these cases rise in the community. We're testing more. What we're hopeful is that as we increase testing, we're going to start to see a decrease in cases because we're able to give people good guidance and say, hey, look, you tested positive. You need to remain home. And then let's talk about the people in your household or the people you work with. Are they symptomatic? Do they need to be tested? And then that's how we're going to get to the point where we're able to, I think, at, at the really granular level, keep people, you know, inform people, um, and give them the information they need to make good decisions. We only have about a minute left. Um, we're joined by Dr. Tina Stefanski, local health official and, um, and a member of the task force, the head of the task force here in Lafayette Parish. Um, have you done any reading about this dexamethasone, which is initially the doctors and medical professionals had said steroid treatment is not what you need for this. But right. we are seeing that there is some promise in some studies um, over in the UK is sort of where it started. I know some doctors in the United States are trying it. Is that something that yeah. if the outcomes are so much better that we have on hand to do here. 
Sure. So that's actually, uh, you know, those are medications that are uh, more readily available than some of these antivirals. So it would be wonderful if this does prove to be uh, a useful treatment. It's just a really to caution everyone that, again, there's still these these studies and, and clinical trials that need to really, that are, are working to prove what treatment does effectively um, treat this virus. And so it's still, this is just kind of one year, again, every couple of weeks of something that looks promising. And this is kind of the latest yeah. Um, you know, the latest drug that we're talking about, but there's still really no tried and true method for, for treatment. And so I can tell you, we have, I think, the best doctors in the state mm-hmm. here in Acadiana and nurses and support staff. And so they're trying, you know, we don't know all that, that's happening as far as from the treatment side, but, um, but they are, are really um, working so hard to effectively treat patients that are hospitalized and, 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 and are very well aware of all of these, um, you know, new medications and drugs that do look promising. Great information. Ooh. Dr. Yes, Tina as always. Thank you so much. We asked yesterday. I know you're an in-demand person right yes. now, and we appreciate you coming on. And thank uh, you for everything no, you're well, doing for us. Well, thanks for helping to share the message, and, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with everyone. God bless you, lady. I know you're you're working you. all the time. <laughs> so many people are. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. You're welcome. All right, it's eight forty four now. Care. News Talk ninety six five KPL coming up. She uh, works we so had, hard. I, I, you you know, know, and, and that's what I think a lot of people don't realize. It's you know, every single day you're hearing something different. Yeah, it, it's one thing to get the information that makes it all the way into media coverage that we're talking about, but little things doctor do's doctors do every single day yeah don't always get the fanfare because yeah, right they're just trying to keep a patient alive yes so, anyway great information mm. as always all right bob Carricker tells us about christopher columbus what? next on the katie Anna's morning Summer Bob is in full effect and he's in studio here with us today. Great to see you. Good to see you. You know, you get I haven't award. shaved for a while. Yeah. Oh, is that a while? Two days. I wouldn't tell people that. <laughs> Two days. <laughs> um, so every week, you have done the show faithfully. You yes. have faithfully performed for our audience. That's yes. right. And I, I am have, a faithful performer. You have done it <laughs> in our Parking lot. Well, I haven't done it in your parking lot, but... Bob, stay on track. Okay. (laughs) You have done the segment with us from our parking lot every time. Yeah, right. You have not left your house to come do the segment. Right. It's commendable. You know, it makes it better. I mean, it it makes it better for me. It adds to the routine. It's a real thing. So, yeah, it actually, it just adds to it. Are Uh you, like, chomping at the bit because you're so routine-based? No. No? No. Okay, <laughs> you might think, I'm right? Tra- it would seem like I would be, honest, be. I'm trying to explain all these. You're quirks, trying to help. Trying I to- appreciate you're trying to help me. But here. I have nothing for you. You know, I actually believe Bernie. He put that shirt on right, right, and then when he got here, he unbuttoned, unbuttoned it. it. Anyways, so last week I put it in a request. You did, and that is, you know, any time we have kind of a bubbling up of racial issues in this country, right? It very quickly. Ends up turning to Columbus. Right. Um, we have had a curious of, thing. Well, I think a lot of people don't know because if you're a schoolhouse rock kid like me, you know, you know that is it Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Is that Columbus? Yeah. That's right. Columbus sailed the ocean yeah. blue in 1492. 1492. Right. That's just what you know. And right. He's happy and he's a cartoon and he found the new land. Right. Discovery and new opportunity. Yes. So then you put everything through the lens of 2020, as we do, and I think it is a, appalling, 
because we know so much more in 2020 clearly than we knew in 1492, right? right. Or but we put 1972, or 19, <laughs> or I was about to say 2019, I right? Mean, or January of 2020. You know, things are different. Um, and people are going after Columbus again. So I was just yeah. hoping you could use your historical background to explain to me why he bubbles up and what the issue people have with him and why they're tearing his statue. I will do that. Um, I, you know, a couple of things. First of all, I don't normally take requests from you. Um, that's a dangerous thing for me to get into, taking historical requests. But I actually had three people over the last week say to me on, you know, just people that I ran into, oh, I heard that you're going to be doing this on really? r- on Thursday right and I thought, oh my gosh so see, people are actually listening and actually yeah. expecting things yeah. now and see, so he, I've got to live up to it did you hear what he just said he said I didn't think anybody listened to this stupid show <laughs> <laughs> so right you didn't tell me that <laughs> I wouldn't well, I would be more concerned uh, you know don't worry about the request because the qu- request is just something I don't know enough about be concerned when I say no, Bob. No. We're not talking <laughs> you about stop? that history. Well, I know when I got Those home. People aren't important. I got home last week, and my wife said that was really boring. <laughs> I said, "All right, please stop listening." Thank and thanks for the compliment. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's dive into Columbus here. Okay, so the last time we actually talked about Christopher Columbus in here, it yeah. had to do with him thinking that he had spotted uh, mermaids, yes, and they were the actually mermaids. manatees. Yeah. So you know, keep that. Keep that. Everybody should always keep that in context. I like the different. Way Time, different people, not as sophisticated as we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I like to, to mention about Christopher Columbus is, and I'm half Italian. My, my mother's family was directly from Italy. It's Cristoforo Colombo, and Colombo means pigeon, actually. Oh. So if you really want to go after the guy, you know, call him Pigeon Boy or something like that. I and like truthfully, this. the pigeons love him they love his statues. <laughs> that's true the <laughs> pigeons do love i mean it's the pigeons do love his statues so now i want to protest that we're getting rid of bird habitats <laughs> oh lord anyways that, we're right where are the pigeons where going to land go? if we chop the heads off of all of the columbus statues yes, i'm with you okay fair enough mm-hmm. uh so i think you know it was actually 1792 that's a long time ago that new york city first established Christopher Columbus Day as something of note. And that was because wow. of the h- tremendous um, Italian immigration into New York. And but it so, was 300 years after. If you say it was 1792, yeah. right. 1492 is when he sailed the ocean blue. Right. So a long time after. He yeah, was, a long time after gone. that. Right. I mean, he's, he, he has stuck in our collective consciousness for the achievement that he made. And the achievement was... Setting off and sailing across an ocean of unknown size towards unknown lands. Well, he thought he knew the lands, but into the unknown and taking a risk and doing something that led to a change in the world. Now, it's, you can say, yeah, it led to a change in the world, terrible decimation. And this is true, um, but I think 300 years after it in 1792, when they first established this, they weren't focusing on the negative, um, and we tend to focus now on the negative of it all. Mm-hmm. It sort of goes, you know, I won't even get into the, the Confederate part of that because I understand that even a little bit more than the Columbus deal. But you had like the John McDonough um, bust in New Orleans that was you know, carried to the river, the right. Mississippi River, and dumped in. Now, he was involved in the slave trade. He also left a sizable portion of his estate of his wealth to start public schools in new orleans and so that's the reason he's celebrated right so 
you know, I, I do think it's kind of hard because, you know, the only reason we know about Columbus is because we learned about someone who set out to find the new world and actually didn't even realize where he was going, kind of ended up off course. Right. And that's the whole reason that a city like New York can even exist. Exactly. It's, it's interesting. So uh, there were actually three countries that rejected Columbus's idea because it was too it was too harebrained. It was too risky. It was too unknown. And no, it, this is going to be failure. England said no. Portugal said no for a long, long time. Spain said no. And people thought people said, no, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Mm hmm. He was wrong about the size of the ocean, and this had nothing to do with the world being round. Mm -hmm. um, everyone of any thinking capacity at that point knew that the world was, in fact, round. They didn't know how big the world was, though. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was the unknown. And we hadn't been to space, into. so you couldn't, like, go up into space and look back and see what it actually looks like. You right. Just knew how things worked and yeah. how long it took people to get places. So, you know, I mean, when Christopher Columbus discovered the new right. world, and that's a problematic thing to say because clearly there were people already here. And you can't say, you know, you can't roll into my yard and say, look what I've just discovered here. Cause I'm going to come out and I'm going to say, uh, this I'm, is my yard. I'm here. Right. You didn't discover this. So that's, right. that's totally true and yep. totally charged to say discovered. Um, but there was a larger discovery and merging of two worlds that otherwise didn't really know each other. Mm -hmm. um, and it is also true that great things came from that, but it is true that terrible things came mm -hmm. from that. And, and Christopher Columbus is not an, a figure without problems. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was terribly abusive to the native populations. Mm -hmm. He was terribly abusive to the Spanish colonists that were under his rule. They actually, Spain actually arrested him at one point and brought him back to Spain and stripped him of his political governorship wow. of these new lands that he had quote unquote discovered. Mm -hmm. So he's not without problems. Um, but you know, I know that all of those statues that were put up a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, and all of the learning about Christopher Columbus that is sort of in our collective consciousness never focuses on that negativity. And, and the people who want those statues, they don't want them because of the negative side of anyone. They want them because they represent opportunity and they represent discovery and they represent what we can do and what we can achieve. So, if you focus on only tearing things down and not adding to and building up, I think you've got a you're you're headed in the wrong direction. The University of Missouri has a statue of Thomas Jefferson sitting on a bench on its campus, and in the last couple of weeks, you know, saw this big change.org petition petition to get rid of it, and they put out a statement that honestly kind of threw cold water on the whole thing. We don't remove things. Yeah, we don't. Maybe and you can add to things. Add to it. I, I've always think that that's a Jefferson, the Jackson statue in New Orleans. Thing. Put another puck up. I, I think so. Put another statue. Put, put another, another statue up. So right. We understand. Here's what used to happen. Here is where we are now. Mm -hmm. um, because I am. People who forget history forget what so many people have worked and done and died for, and then how changes in our minds, how we mm -hmm. think about things right but i also think i agree i also think it's a, a compliment to us as a society you know to be able to say here's how far we've come yes we have we have further to go right but you know like with the john like the john mcdonough thing to me that was one where i looked and, and i do think there should be 
almost like, you know, in a textbook as well as I do, these like blurbs are kind of bubbles that are put into the text where it's like, did you know? And, you know, and it kind of gives you a little bit more context where I think you say, look at all of these people who were involved in the slave trade. It was terrible. It was horrible. But at the time, it was normal. And it's not anymore. Right. And, and th- now we know. And that's and now we know. Right. And, 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 and somebody will say, well, we knew then. Well, people did know then and there were there were larger thinkers then. Mm-hmm. Um, but the common acceptance was this is how the world works. But how would you mm-hmm. feel? I mean, I, I often in, in covering news have to think about, you know, kind of move the pieces around. OK, let's just say some extremist group started using Facebook to kill people or, you know, just atrocities. OK, sure. But we were all on Facebook because it's just what people did. We connected we, with our high school yeah, friends, it's right? How people right. know maiden names, you know, little things like that. Yeah. Um, but then in fifty years, when Facebook goes down in flames, there was the worst thing happened to society. Would you look back at what you're doing right now and saying, "Oh, that was evil"? Because no, because right now for you, I don't know. It's a hard topic. Yeah. I it get is it. Very hard. And topic. I also think a lot of it is very symbolic. You know, you fight against and something that's like the thing. that. It, that's right. Right now, it's it's. I think people feel like, well, that's me saying that we're done with that. Yeah, the hell it, with that. The, the symbolism overrides uh, a lot. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I gotta say, you know, we have we have some peaceful protests right now in downtown Lafayette mm-hmm. to to a monument. And for the first time, I've actually really appreciated the way that this has has happened because mm-hmm. it is actually very thoughtful, and it isn't um, it, it isn't just about tearing down. Seemingly, I know there's there's a, an idea to tear down, mm-hmm. but what I've witnessed when I've been downtown is people who are expressing their thoughtfulness over the monument, and that's that's a that's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you use it as a teaching tool, it's the best thing you can do. You know. Bob Carricker. We got to wrap always. up there for is, is that it? Are we going to shoot off the uh, confetti did cannon? You, is there, you have to do that he in the really parking lot. Did. No, I'm not. It's a, it creates a horrible mess. I was about to say, you're not doing it in here. Because guess what? You're looking at janitor one and janitor two. We have to be responsible for that. Thanks, Bob. It's good to see you. you All right. Awesome. Now, button up We've got other stuff on Columbus. I want to say the Pinta, Nina Pinta, Santa, Santa Maria. Maria. These aren't really the names of the ships. And the Pinta was actually a nickname for a prostitute. Okay, congratulations. Oh. You just got one more minute. Give us a quick rundown what? of that. Yeah, well, the, the, so the official names of these ships, because yeah. they're commissioned by Spain, and Spain is directly connected to the glories of the church, mm-hmm. they were named after saints. So the Santa Maria was the real name. Mary. Right. The, the Pinta. The uh, Nina was the Santa Clara, and it was called the Nina because it was a nickname for the owner of the ship. Mm-hmm. And Pinta was a nickname for a prostitute. And the, so the sailors, you know, they're like, nah, the ship is named ah, Pinta. <laughs> right? And we don't focus on that. We don't. So you want to go not. after Columbus? Say, oh, my gosh. He sailed across the ocean in a name in a ship named Prostitute. Uh, the outrage. Mm-hmm. Bob Carricker with us every Thursday morning. I won't I give you any it. requests for at least two weeks, okay? Bring whatever you want to talk <laughs> Look about Look at his next face. Week. He's very happy and pleased with himself. <laughs> All right, 653 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Hey, coming up after top of the hour news, Mayor President Josh Giller yep. will be in studio with us for Lafayette Live, and we'll take your calls at 232-1542. Newstalk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge, Lafayette.
your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Right now, 72 degrees here at the Cape Hill Studios. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. Well, Atlanta officials, the two police officers, well, they're talking about disapproval of the two other officers. They say they can't believe they've been charged with the fatal shooting of Richard Brooks. It's coming amid ongoing calls for police reform and ending racial injustice. Fox's Brian Ellenis in Atlanta has more details on what they're saying. Atlanta's Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms says that the morale for Atlanta's police department is down, quote, tenfold. The police union chief, Vince Champion, says that morale is, quote, terrible. And he called yesterday the worst in the city's law enforcement's history, given the charges that were filed against those officers. Champion said officers walked off the job last night in at least two of the city's six zones. Last night, the Atlanta Police Department tweeted this about the callouts. Quote, earlier suggestions that multiple officers from each zone had walked off the job were inaccurate. The department is experiencing a higher than usual number of callouts with the incoming shift. We have enough resources to maintain operations and remain able to respond to incidents. Now, fired officer Garrett Rall faces felony murder and 10 other charges after he shot Brooks at a Wendy's drive through last week. The second officer involved in the incident, Devin Brosnan, faces an aggravated assault charge for allegedly standing on Brooks's shoulders in the parking lot. St. Landry Parish Sheriff's Deputy Eddie Thibodeau, a spokesman for the department, says a juvenile male has been arrested after a woman called in to complain there were a bunch of gunshots all through her home after she had thought she had heard shots. Sheriff Bobby Guidro says the shooting happened last week at a home on Fontenot Road near the Opelousas area. The woman telling detectives that apparently the young person who was arrested in this case had some sort of altercation with her daughter that very same day that all of this happened.